Yo, 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 welcome to the What, what Are They, they Talking, talking About, about podcast. podcast. <laughs> oh shit, we're recording. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. It's funny, you know. Listen, I'm going to lock off the show. No, no, I agree with you, you know. You're not even listening, but you're still laughing. That's the thing, you're still laughing. No way. You're still laughing. Let me say something. Yo, shut up, man. Jesus is Lord, man. I didn't intend on doing anything else. You say stop. No one wants to hear that. Please, please, please stop it. Allow the singing to be done by the artists and the artists only. Okay, Rob. Let's, let's do that. Let's do that. Thank you. Yo, yo, yo. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the What Are They Talking About podcast. You're in the studio. We got a special guest today. I go by the name of Rob. Who else we got? We got Colin Coles in the building. And we got a very, very special guest. Uh, 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 second week in a row running. They've done this now. It goes the podcasters, the engineer, then the guest. You got to say it best till last, man. The guest is like the star of the show. So, yeah. Let's not do this again next week if we have a guest, lads. Thank you. Back to it. Introduce yourself, young sir. Hello, everyone. My name is Chuko Crib. <laughs> hey, it's my but you can call crib. me Chooks. Chooks. Cribbo. Og. Call him Oganel. Call him Cribbo. Call him. Yeah. The most beautiful man on earth. Call him. Call him the hybrid god. Hybrid god. Uh, what else? What else do they call you? Something colorist. Big Dixie. Allegedly. You know what I mean? Allegedly. I think um, just as we had Anas last week, I think um, Anas, we were saying he's a childhood friend. He's a very, very old school friend. Um, we've grown up with him and Chico is just in that square as well. He's in that perimeter. Um, old school friend, probably the first time I moved to um, England from Ireland. You were probably one of the first people I met. Yeah. Um, nice warm welcome. And since then, we've always clicked. We've always just been together. And yeah, it's man. one of those friendships that's just turned into family. So, yeah, I don't even see you as a bestie. I just see you as a, a brother, really. Come on, man. So, yeah. Thanks for having me on. Now, I think you guys were meant to have me on, like, episode five, but you guys snaked it. <laughs> yeah, no, no, we didn't wow. snake it. Wow. Snaked it. Four episodes yeah, later. He's always just busy. Chico is so famous that he doesn't reply to us. Listen, if you know Chuko, this is so true. You can literally message the guy and he won't get back to you for about two weeks. It's like waiting for a parcel over Christmas. You just, you might get it, you might not. <laughs> You're like, yo, Chuko, do you want to do this today? He's like, oh, I don't really chat to these MK. For those of you who don't know, so Chuko currently lives in London. He used to live in Milton Keynes where he was like very, very like... Made on the, the ground he was very much like yeah cool everyone's amazing everyone's important and he's then he went humble. to london and, and then um he's, he's just big time now and he i does, escaped the hood I he doesn't hood, he man. doesn't care about muslim kings anymore essentially <laughs> he doesn't care about small people um if, they, if there is a million in your account you're not that guy for him um, <laughs> but yeah remember back in the podcast a few podcasts before we were talking about you know would you um, if you had all this money, would you give it to your friends? Chuka's not that type of guy. To He's do not that, that type of guy. <laughs> <laughs> he definitely will not give you any Colin, money whatsoever. <laughs> you best you turn on that, boy. <laughs> I've plugged you, fam. Yeah, he's actually <laughs> plugged you a lot. The last episode you were talking, not the last episode, the episode before, you were talking about how you had a Did he? photography job. Yeah. He's the one who gave you that no, job. No, that was, no, that was honest. That was honest. That was honest. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Disrespectful. But yeah, so um, speak to us, Chuko. Let's let's begin yeah, with man. the normal question. Like, how was your week? Anything exciting? What's the highlight of your week? Um, now, my week's been pretty standard, to be fair. Mm. Busy as always. 
um, just another week in London, really. Yeah. I've made some few a few strides in my job, so I'll be leaving that end of Jan. Which yeah, nice. Congratulations. Cool. Oh, nice. Um, and then I'll be uh, transitioning to photography slowly. So yeah. that's quite big. So that was all confirmed this week. Um, nice. Other than that, you know, still working hard. Still out here, enjoying the fruits of London. So good. I can't really complain. It's been pretty standard. I always say, like, my week hasn't been good, but it hasn't been bad. Yeah. And it has, as long as it hasn't been bad, therefore it's a positive week. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. Yeah, I mean, we don't live in a utopia where I need to be like, oh, I've, I've had, a, I've smashed the week every week. Do you know what yeah. I mean? So mm. as long as it's standard, that means it's good for me. But yeah. 100%. So like, um, we are going to get into the photography um, section in a few minutes. But for me, it's just a case of like, so how long have you been living in London now? Yeah, six and a bit years now. Six and a bit years and that's, flown by. That's me. been one of the most transformative things of my life. I, yeah. I always say there's like three or four things that have been like pivotal in change in my life. And one of them, is moving to London. Okay. The other one's going vegan. Yeah. Uh, the other one is psychedelics. Yeah. And the other one is just about um, how I approach my like sexuality and shit like that. So it's yeah. pretty cool. Like um, they're the four main things, but London is like massive. So um, what was it? London, veganism, psychedelics, yeah. and sexuality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I would cool. say yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff we're gonna like we're gonna touch on all those four points. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Can I, I'm gonna write that down. Stabbing as well. Yeah, yeah we'll talk <laughs> about stabbing. stabbing. A, we got a lot to talk about. Yeah. If we don't fit it all in, um, we are definitely gonna get you back just so we can have a part two of yeah. the conversation because I know people are raring to hear like different stories as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's completely fine. So how have you found London? What's London being like compared to like you live in Milton Keynes? Yeah. What's London London been like for me I think London the exposure to um new groups of people has been yeah. some of the most transformative things like people from all different walks of the world and yeah. you're in a city where everyone's really got an objective you know and that's sort of the the bittersweet thing about London like a lot of people who come to London outside from outside be like oh, it's too fast like it's too stressful getting the tube like everyone has got an objective and that's sort of the positive thing about it yeah okay um, the other thing obviously being a vegan as well it's like so accessible out there as well mm -hmm. like vegan food um and that that type of community um it, it's crazy and there's just so much motives to yeah. it as well there's a lot of beautiful architecture there's a lot of beautiful establishments you get people like walks of people that you would never meet if you didn't go to like a major city like that yeah um mm -hmm. and so that exposure to people brings obviously comes with that is wisdom and a bit of knowledge mm -hmm. um yeah and it makes you just think a bit more critically about life and how you approach it so i mean london has just blessed me man i couldn't have it any other way if i was not to live in london generally it'd either be like brighton or bristol or i'll just move out the uk completely. different country There's, i thought yeah, oh, okay I, yeah i don't think i could come back to the hood as love yeah. as much as i love the hood <laughs> you know I mean? why do people london. reference milton Keynes as the hood milton Keynes is probably the <laughs> most beautiful place on earth trust me the nicest city the nicest city in london is just so um, compact it's so busy milton Keynes, you get a bit of that but man. you don't get that busy lifestyle as well yeah just get more nice. you get, you get, you get balance to switch off I don't think you can switch off in London. You can't you can. switch off in London. There's there's some there's something for everyone in London. Yeah. That's the beauty of it. That's yeah. the beauty of it. Obviously, the biggest con is the the money. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It, it, it's not cheap in London. That's the yeah. other thing. And the the maddest thing is you're not really getting paid at like the equivalent. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't really match the cost of living crisis there. Yeah. So your rent will be high, but you're not going to be being, getting paid bare. Yeah. So that's the biggest con. But it's a sacrifice you make in exchange for you know, all the pros. Yeah. Because I've seen people live in some extreme sort of conditions, well, money-wise, financially, where I've heard of this person, um, this girl, basically, who lives in London, and she, she, um, her salary basically affords her, I think, probably 
a, 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 a ballpark figure in the house, maybe a thousand six hundred or something like that. Mm. I just kind of made up, forgot what it was. Mm. But after every single bills and everything is paid off, rent, all of that good stuff is paid off. She literally has two hundred pounds left yeah, to her name to really? last for the end of For the, the month. month. Yeah, that is very sad. It's and, very real. And I'm just like, how do you survive with two hundred pounds? What do you even save? Yeah. You have nothing to save. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're surviving, but you're not living. Yeah, 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 yeah. You exactly. Mean? Like when you, I mean, mad. What are you meant to do with two hundred pound per month? That's you crazy. can't really go out and eat. You know what I mean? You can't even get like the small provisions of life, like get a coffee, because that will set That's you all. back. Exactly. Because I mean? at that point, it's not feasible. Because mm, I'm always thinking, like, rent in London is just ridiculous. It's one of the yeah. reasons why I, I could not picture myself living there unless you're earning a lot of money. Yeah, like yeah. a lot of money. Yeah. I'm talking maybe even three four grand so at least even if i'm paying a grand in rent yeah i know I, I, I still have some money to put away yeah. and i can put money to save and i can still go out if i need to meet my friends and things like that but anything yeah. underneath that yeah the, 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 the flip side of that is just generally you'll you'll get more opportunities there that's the so one thing you know, that's exactly if you are to earn that 4k it's more possible in london yeah than anywhere else because yeah. there's so much variety of work and the networking you can do is just mad literally what we said last week with Dennis, we said like london's biggest positive in my eyes is just opportunity wise yeah there's so many different walks in life you can take mm. and there's so many different opportunities you can make money there's so many different people you can network with mm. yeah it's not a box standard you're a businessman you do business with businessmen you can literally do business with absolutely anybody yeah. a million dollars yeah. make money you just need to find it and literally it's one of the, probably one of the only places where you can genuinely make your dreams and your little hobbies actually come true and make 100%. a lot of money for you yeah. if you yeah. know what to do and who to meet and where to kind of go in this kind of situations mm. yeah. whether that's photography art even you can make you could literally make a lot of money if you try to do that stuff in mk it won't be the same yeah, yeah. yeah. you'll see money but it won't be the same do you yeah. know what i mean but in london there's literally business opportunities everywhere so mm. there's no shortage of i'm short of money that's just you being lazy yeah mm. if i'm honest yeah mm you've got to chase and probably leads to actually a good segue for your photography so like you mm. start photography what have you been doing yeah yeah year? nah um just shy of two years it'll be two, two years, years in march because yeah. i think it was that that day i decided just like yo to treat myself for my birthday yeah and i bought the a6000 which is yeah. legendary camera legendary but um the way i got into that was quite funny like um so it was over lockdown and um this is when everyone was taking lockdown seriously as well so yeah. like, we were all like working from home and i just moved into my new flat and um every like 30 minutes i would be like i'd be working doing my product design job from the desk yeah. and every 30 minutes i'd bang out a game of chess my old housemate was like do you know why you do that? And I was like, nah, I'm just bored. And he was just like, ah, oh, because you don't get like gratification from your job. So you technically humans try to like reward themselves mm -hmm. so okay. by distracting themselves, you know, by taking a breakaway. Whereas you usually when in the workplace, that's getting supplemented by like your boss being like, oh, good job or, or something like that. Do you know oh, what okay. I mean? Or deliverable. Yeah. So when you don't get that, you do it, you try to do it to yourself. Um, so he said, yeah, you oh. should try and find a hobby that gives you more gratification. And so I've always liked taking photos. Mm -hmm. So I've always, I've always taken a picture on my phone. And I've always like, like when I'll take a picture of like a bush, the, the man there will be like, why are you taking a picture of a bush? Yeah, like, it's a nice looking bush. You man, <laughs> you man wouldn't understand. You man would not understand. Do you know that type of thing? Um, and so that was quite a logical thing. I'd always wanted to buy a camera. It was just the barrier was that photography is just not a cheap profession. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I decided to buy an open end camera. And from there, 
just loved it, man. Loved it. And there is anything to do with like a creative field, I think I'm going to do well in. Yeah. So yeah, man. And it's just to see where it's come from, from there is just mad because it's crazy. Jobs rolling in, man. Yeah. Cause I remember he came to, he came to me cause he was asking me, yo, how, how do we, you know, how do I use this camera and things like that? So he's just telling me, yo, get, get this a 6,000. Mm. And if you're new and all this kind of jazz, I was trying to teach him about shutter speed, ISO, um, what um, apertures. Mm. And if you understand all those three, perfectly fine. You can do yeah. manual all day long. But if you don't, then you got to kind of ease your way in. Yeah, so I was just yeah. teaching him about those little subtleties. And I was just like, you know, what? just go out there and just practice. Because at that point, I think you ended up getting the A6000. I was just telling you, yeah, if you buy, if you buy it, Make sure you do this with ISO. Make sure you do this. Mm. Make sure you do that. If depends. If you want to take a picture this way, do this. If you want to take a picture that way, do this. And yeah. you just kind of took it and you just ran and yeah. played that, with it. And it was just that initial meeting with you was mad confusing though, because just thinking about how for num for number one, like, I didn't even know what aperture and ISO and all that stuff was. <laughs> yeah. And then <laughs> then figuring out what they are and then how they work in harmony is even harder. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So like how ISO will affect, you know, the pictures and stuff like that. And in my yeah. in my head, none of this makes sense. I'm just used to clicking a button on my phone. Yeah. And it just the outcome it does just it being for you. clear and shit like that. Um so having to learn that felt like a weird step backwards. And I actually remember when I bought it and then I had that after that. I yeah. did not feel motivated. I was thinking, this is just stupid. Like, <laughs> why is it so confusing to take a damn picture? Do you know what I mean? But this is actually how pictures are taken. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? yeah. Like the 100%. software in our phones just, you know, do it all automatically. But um, yeah, I think that's part of it as well. Is just like the composure and understanding how to work with a camera is most of the job in it. Yeah. yeah. Um, when did it start um, to finally like click? And then you just went, okay, this... This is actually pretty cool, and yeah. I really want to take this forward. Yeah, I when mean, did I that think, kind of start. Yeah, well, I think the, the the time, the first question, I think the the time it clicks is probably when I realised that it doesn't matter what gear I have, it won't help me take a good picture. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, um, like composing a picture, lighting, the model, the vibe, the setting, all of these things make a picture, good picture. Yeah, um, and I think that was the point. I was just like, oh, okay, cool, right? I need to actually start investing in my craft rather than then thinking about the next upgrade. Mm -hmm. Um. And what was the second question? And what, um, what was it? When did you? When did I pick up the work or something? When did it work? Yeah, when, yeah, when, when did you start um, going, you know what? I could actually take this further than. Yeah, I, I think it was when I got a, a couple of paid jobs and I was just like, yo, I'm really in my elements. I feel comfortable doing this. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then obviously to supplement that, the money was actually good. I was just like, bruv, how am I earning what I'm earning a month in two days? Yeah. I think one of the first jobs mm. I got was mad, bro. So, is for a company who make like brochures for new developments. I think I told you guys about yeah. this. And um, they had, they, I just got a random email from these guys and they said they wanted to make a brochure for something in St. James's Park. And for those who don't know, St. James's Park is near, it's like in central London. Mm -hmm. It's like basically this old, like it's like a town, but it, it has like really prehistoric sort of elements. Like mm -hmm. everyone's dressed quite old, like in fedoras and stuff like that. Okay. So, I mean, everyone wears suits and stuff like that. It's like really posh. Yeah. Yeah. Hella expensive, but there was like a block of flats there and they were going for like a million each. And so the people who want to move into them want to see what the locals area is like. And so at that point I'd done street photography now for about a year, just for ple pure pleasure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so this brief was literally, I go out, I do street photography of St. James's park and that's all I got to do. And I was charging 150 an hour, mm -hmm. two days work. I got like 1,600 for like one and a half days work. Crazy. And I was thinking, 
bruv, why am I doing what am I doing? Like, getting paid 2K a month, yeah. working, slaving away, working hard, boy. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so I was thinking, yeah, I need to be working for myself as well because yeah, I yeah. can just be replaced in yeah, my own 100%. company. So I said, yeah, let me take it into my own hands. Let me start paying myself, start getting out there and start making something. So yeah, I think it was at that point when I did that, I realised it's actually lucrative as well. And people, everyone needs pictures. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Of everything. You, you, you actually underestimate how much photography is in demand so as well. And, and also how Massively. Like, impactful it is. Photography is like, think of some of the most unifying things ever. Like it's come from photography, war photography. You probably remember that picture from like that Syrian kid on the beach, dead on the beach. Do you remember? Mm-hmm. You've probably seen yeah, yeah. that. That's so unifying. Like, think about how much peace and 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 like awareness that brought so yeah. it plays a really pivot of pivotal role in like telling a story do you know what i mean so and it's a net neutral thing as well like product design as well like you always you need a lot of resources to to make mass produced products especially yeah. what i do whereas obviously you need some resources to make a camera but once you've got that camera set up you're just taking pictures yeah. do you know what i mean it's like it's done so um yeah there's a few factors but i think that they, they're sort of the main ones that drove me to be like let me take it seriously yeah i think the finished product is beautiful the way like you've got your own jobs now and you're getting Mm. your jobs but i think the beauty in everything was your practice you know um we got um journalist gladwell he said put your ten thousand hours to master your craft Mm. and really and truly when you picked up your camera bro you were working for those ten thousand hours bruv (laughs) you were working for those ten thousand hours yeah a day where i was not snapping or like clicking that trigger button i was just like nah i need to be out (laughs) and i enjoyed it though as well it's very liberating being able to do that as well and the fact that like i could go and do something i enjoy and not have to like pay anything yeah you know i don't have to go to the like a track or a gym i've I've set up costs i'll go out on the street and take pictures yeah and it's also street photography starting from there is beautiful as well because you're it teaches you, you like you have to capture these moments that it will never repeat themselves in at history all. again. Yeah. You know, you you capture the JPEG, a stamp in time, and mm-hmm. that's what it is in a form of a JPEG. And it tells a story. Like people will make up the story for themselves. Like, what is that guy talking about? What is this guy? What are they discussing? You know, what is he thinking? Why is he dressed like that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I wonder what he's been through. Like this 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 old like citizen. Like I wonder, you know, what their story is. So people will sort of it evokes those emotions doing yeah. street photography. So starting from there. It's beautiful as well. Um, and, and in London, it's like, it's the best thing ever. Yeah, you've you got just, it's so much ample of opportunity. I think someone asked me, I can't remember who asked me and said like, how was Chico getting on with photography? And I mm. said like, honestly, the work rate Chico was putting on, I know you boys obviously you still bang out your photography. Mm. Yeah. Um, but the work rate Chico was putting in photography, I said, give that boy five years, he'll probably be the biggest name in photography. Like, it's incredible what you're doing, it, man. Yeah, it, it, yeah. It, it, the jobs are just mad, bro. Like, yeah. So, uh, how have I like in the two years just like worked for like XIX Vodka, mm. like did the Sidemen charity match football game, done Gymshark, yeah. Royal African Society, like bare yeah. things. But like that's all come just from like street, like going out on the street and crazy. and stuff. Like it's really, really cool if you put in the work and enjoy it. Yeah. Um, and if you enjoy it, that will reflect. On, in the work 100%. you do. Yeah. Passion will do, will do I think even the networking as well you get from that is absolutely amazing because it links you with so yeah. many different, different talents. Because yeah. a good word is all you need. Someone will just say, yo, he did a real good shoot for me. We'll hire him for this one. We'll mm-hmm. hire him for this one. This guy will like it. Then he'll tell you to hire from that guy. And that guy will like it and probably do a wedding from this guy. And it's just it just goes on from there. And mm. the networking can be a bit, it can be very rapid, very, very quickly. Yeah. If, you're really, really good at what you do. Yeah. And I think also 
because we're both very creative people, mm. it's also a very good outlet for us in yeah. the sense of like, it's not just design graphics and things like that. It's like, what other way can I be creative? And mm. photography is one of the other ways you can actually just, creativity can be through the roof. Yeah. If you know exactly what you're doing, you can just go crazy with it. Yes. And that's one of the things I kind of love about photography. I don't even think of it as a job. Yeah. It's nah, genuinely nah. so fun. Nah, it's yeah. dope. That's and good. the fact that you get paid on top of that, I'm just like, yo, <laughs> shout me out. I, sh I do this every single day. Yeah. Even with, uh, I, I have like this um, Sony 6000, very, very old camera, but mm. I've been able to like, eke out as much juice as I can out of it. And oh, yeah. it's all about, 100%. and when it comes to photography, it's all about the cameraman and not necessarily the gear that you have. You can have the best gear in the world, 100%. but you can't take the same picture. You, can't, you won't be able true. to take the exact same picture. And I think even for you, seeing your journey from where you started off, you're asking me questions to now just seeing your photos. I'm just like, yo, he's leveled up. Yeah. Massively. You, you paved the even, way, bro. You yeah. Way. And even when looking at his editing style as well, because I think editing is Crazy always thing, so, yeah. so crucial. Mm, it's always 100%. that little final piece because there's the camera photo and then there's what it looks like after you've stamped your print on it. Yeah. Your editing style on it. And yeah. this goes, yeah, Chuka took that photo. Yeah. And yeah. seeing the editing style come and develop over time, I was just like, yo, yeah, he's mastered it. He's, he's found he's found his exact editing his style. His signature, yeah. Yeah, his signature. I was just like, because I remember we were talking as well, like, mm. um, trying to find a signature editing style that's completely you and mm. not be able to replicate. Yeah. Others won't be able to replicate exactly what you do. Or how did they get that tone to mm. look like that? Mm -hmm. Or how did they get that reddish hue? Or why did they get that bluish hue? Whatever that may be in your editing style. But it's just like, how did you get there in the first place and finding that unique stamp for yourself? And I think my, myself and you, you were kind of asking me, how did you get, the, how, trying to find your own editing style? I was mm. like, yeah, this, the, I'm trying to put this um, this little setting here so people don't actually know that I put this setting here mm. to get this kind of editing style and you found yours as well. Yeah. yeah. And I've seen that evolution looking at your old pictures up to now. Yeah, it's like, yeah, he's found it. Yeah. He's found it. He's got it. 100%. Yeah. And I just want to touch on one more thing. I think you just mentioned like um, the passion. Mm. There's something about, we said it with Anas as well, there's something about just having passion for what you do and it just reflects in your work. Mm. Yeah. Some people are good at what they do, but they don't have that passion. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and yeah. some people are good at what they do, but they have the passion and the mm. difference between someone who has passion, the finished product is incredible. Yeah. And I think that's where you're going to be so successful in the photography field. Just Appreciate it shows. It, yeah, like, it, it absolutely, shows. absolutely shows. Yeah. People I think are I, proud of their work is Un unmatched yeah yeah totally i think also as well as like when you really enjoy it and you keep striving to do better like even like my work from like a month ago i'm like oh it's so dead like and, and i think that's a good thing because like it always just keeps pushing me to like push the boundaries more like i'm yeah. looking at the next man i know they say don't compare yourself but i thrive off of doing that as well yeah so it's like i'm always thinking when when am i going to take the next picture like what am i going to do better yeah. yeah. So um, I think that's a good fact. Because one of you guys, was it you who got the um, who was put up um for an award with Unsplash? Was it Unsplash? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that was, was that was huge, bro. That was, was like, just bro. mad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Street hell? photography award and Unsplash. Unsplash is the biggest photo photography yeah. platform as well. <laughs> oh, that's incredible right now. It's mad. So yeah, when I got that email as well, I was I was gassed about that. Yeah, but it was just like yeah, this is just the as a result of just like enjoying it. It's like, no, I haven't worked hard. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, like you work hard, but you don't really see it as work, like you said. Yeah, so, exactly. So, so it's cool, man. Cause no, the thing, I yeah, because I think even with Unsplash, because um, I've been on Unsplash for quite a long time mm. and I've just been posting pictures on there just every now and then. They've just been 
most a lot of them have been posted on editorials. So this is where you know people go on the website. And this is the first pictures you kind of see. Mm. So you see a lot of pictures from a lot of different artists. And if your pictures gets promoted up there, you get a lot of views. You get a lot of, um, sometimes you might get jobs out of it if you're lucky enough. And on top of that, like, because I've been doing it for such a long time. Yeah. Unsplash reached out to me specifically. Yeah. And other photographers as well. Yeah. Um, I think maybe 50 photographers or something like that. That's when I was t- trying to tell you about, yo, I've got this, I might have this job f- um my job for you because you've won you've won an award already mm-hmm. so it might it might just be a little leg up yeah so you, you yeah. can get into it so what they did was they wanted to introduce like a paying service oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah on splash yeah. plus yeah so they kind of reached out to me so i was like whoa the fact that they even reached out to me i'm just i'm just a little fledgling <laughs> with my <laughs> 400 pound camera but mm. they're still reaching out you know what i mean so yeah. that that in itself was like i must be yeah, I'm I'm pretty damn good at what I do. It's like you know yourself, you're good, yeah. but it's like when a big company kind of reaches out to you and you go, it's "Whoa, that validation!" Yeah, it's, it's a little validation that you need because yeah. it's it's funny enough hearing it from your friends, but they're your mandem. They yeah, just ask you that, anyway, innit? Yeah, that, 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 that's the mandem, fam. Of course. But how, many, how many times? Have you, how many times have you gone to the girls' in post? The deadest post, but the girls are like, "I can't breathe. <laughs> <laughs> I just died." And I'm like, "No, you haven't." Tell the, tell the damn truth. Picture ain't that good. <laughs> and then you ask these girls like, why did you even comment on that? You know that picture ain't that good. Like you said, you said you can't breathe. And they're like, I'm just gassing my girl. Oh, no. Well, I can't. It's I can't. so good. Love yeah, you, I can't. <laughs> like, come on now. I can't. Bless him. So um, in the world of athletics, how are you doing in the world of athletics? Have you stopped? Are you going back? I've seen um, a post that you've started training again. Yeah. Triple I mean, jumping king. Yeah, I guess this um, ties into the the whole stabbing thing. It but does we'll, indeed. We'll get, we'll get into that at some yeah. point. But yeah, after that, it's been it's been hard because um, triple jump is all about putting power through your legs uh, and an enormous amount of power as well. Yeah. yeah. So um, when you get yeah when you get severely injured, it's um, it's hard to do, uh, to regain that same power. Okay. Yeah. But um, so at some point, yeah, I've gone a few through a roller coaster of emotions when it comes to regard to athletics because athletics is it's more than just the sport it, it becomes a part of your 100%. your personality your lifestyle your identity mm. <laughs> yeah you yeah. know because like that discipline like once you've been working over 10 years it is part of your personality everything um and I made a lot of sacrifices in order to do it yeah you know social sacrifices as well you know yeah. like yeah. it's small things like going to the pub with your colleagues after like you, I never did anything like that um that's so not, like that's not us yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's not us anyway. you know I mean? like but just like loads of small things like that so yeah I, yeah i sort of like came to terms that i probably wasn't going to be the athlete of my childhood dreams yeah. which oh, okay. is which is you know taking some time to come to terms with oh, okay. um but and then at some point i was just like i would get kept getting so many injuries on my left leg um that i was just gonna call it a day but i said you know what let me let me not go outside. I really enjoy it. Let me go back and just give it a final shot. But I've done a bulk of the healing is 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 accepting, coming to terms that okay. athletics is not going to be a part of my life for the complete future. Okay. And that's been half of the demons I've, I've had to fight off. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Damn. Because it's mad um, how much of an impact it has on you as well. But so when you don't have that vessel to express yourself, you know, physically, I mean, it's, whew, it's like, 
it's hard to come to terms with. So um, it, it's going well at the moment. I'm enjoying it. And that's the, that's power. So you are back to training? I'm back to training. And the objective is to enjoy it. Yeah. Um, and then if a good performance comes from it, then that's a bonus. But yeah, um, yeah I, I'm, I'm just enjoying it at the moment. Yeah. yeah. For those people listening um, and they're triple jump enthusiasts, what is like your biggest jump? A triple jump. Oh, well, I'm 1548, um, which is not very good. That's your PB. Yeah, yes, my PB. Um, Wowzers. So um, yeah, hoping to go 16 if I, if all goes right and I don't get injured. Yeah. Um, but most of the job is just like managing my body. Yeah. Um, was like that not before getting or after the injury? Oh, that was before. Okay. Yeah, yeah the injury yeah. is just like it's hard. Like you, triple jump is that you you get injured a lot in the sport and it's mm. all about um, who can get injured the least. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, sort of type of thing because it's so physically demanding. It's like six times your body weight on each contact. Yeah. You know, and you're running Jeez. full speed, and you you know you have to execute with technique, precision, timing, you know, patience. It's hard, and it takes a lot of courage as well. Yeah. Okay. When you got injured a hundred times, trust me, and you you know that this injury might provoke the next injury the hundred and first time. So you. It, you're going to be tentative. It takes a lot of courage to go out and do a big hop and step and stuff like that. Yeah. But um, yeah, man, it's um, it's a wicked sport, man. Like the discipline and everything it teaches you. It's mad, bro. And it, it carries over to all facets of life as well. 100%. It's cool. So yeah, we'll, we'll see what I do this season. But um, So um, we might as well just go into the injury, we're calling it, <laughs> um, in quotation. Yeah. Um, so speak to us. So back in the day, Christmas... Yeah. We all went out for an night out. Yeah, it was Boxing Day, actually. Boxing Day, I remember yeah. that very well. Oh, it was Christmas time. Jeez. It was, it was. It was Boxing Day, yeah. Yeah, 2019. Because yeah. I remember that night I went home early. And I was like, I'm just going to go to bed. And then you lot You saw me. the future and you said you don't want to take any part. <laughs> I was like, I'm just, just like, going to go to bed. This guy's on his own. This night's oh, a mess. When we all started getting bottles and pouring each other's mouths. <laughs> <laughs> it's when I said, right, I guess, I guess this is my time to No one's early. talking about the mandem nights. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, crazy the broski nights, nights. Those, those type of nights there those Christmas nights oh <laughs> Jesus when I seen you do it you just gave me flashback when we were in Portugal and you were like <laughs> 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 we're just drinking chin oh, bean apple that, from, I, that still from the bottle traumatised me that, like, sometimes when I burp I taste apple oh, oh, actually I'm like oh my god the huge one none of, none of you thought to bring like to buy mixers as well like that's the worst thing from the bottle. It. you might just buy liquor no mix not even ice honestly <laughs> just, just literally like room temperature gym beam oh, oh, what is going on nasty so traumatising what, what I don't understand is like so day one, day two, day three, we were doing it and we're like, yeah, it's all good. It was getting more disgusting. Oh my God. <laughs> At day five, we were still trying to back it and I'm like, why are we doing this why to our I bodies? Why am I, I'm not getting paid to suffer. Like, <laughs> this is a choice I'm making and I'm making the choice to wake up in the morning. Do you know what I mean? I just do a few shots of chin bean apple. Why did I consent to that? Warm. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> it just don't make oh sense. Boy. But um, let's just bring it back. So um, just speak through like how this whole stabbing came about mm. what happened how it affected you mentally everything like that yeah i mean well to conclude um i got stabbed twice in my in my leg my mm. left leg uh, one in my hip which was the worst one and then one in my quad the quad one was was fine but um yeah i think a lot of it is uh it's mad like to conclude nothing's fucking happened from it do you know what i mean no one's been caught no one will ever be caught um so the case is being deemed um pending new information so yeah. that basically means like if they're it, never gonna look yeah up. unless someone come doesn't come forward with incriminating like equivocal proof that yeah. someone x y and z did it 
um, then no one, it's not going to get pursued. Yeah. Um, Are you allowed to talk about the story a little bit? Or of course, of course, the police. Yeah, yeah no, I think it. people will be very, very interested in the story. Leading yeah, up yeah, to I'll, I'll discuss the, the details and then the yeah. afterwards. Oh, I yeah, think yeah. that'll be quite. Awesome. Yeah, let's let's discuss the details. So, um, yeah, um, I think it was Boxing Day. Yeah, um, we all. I think we had a table at that point. I can't yeah. remember. Yeah, yeah, and we, we were. At, I'm not going to name the club because I've moved yeah, on from that. Um, but yeah, it was at the end of the night. Um, and then I can't remember. I just got in some verbal altercation with, uh, the promoters, some girl. Um, and, um, I was, I was being rude. She was being rude. Everyone's just being rude. Yeah. Um, at some point I just told her to shut up and I've reflected on this. Like I definitely could have handled that better. Yeah. yeah. Um, hundred percent that whole exchange with that, another human being, I did not yeah. need to do it like that and vice versa as well. Um, I'm sure they would nail take a little bit of accountability for that. But well, they did get me stabbed. But um yeah. so yeah, so we we had that altercation uh, and I told her to shut up and I walked away and then she was like, nah, wait, 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 wait. And she escort escorted some like little man over to me. And I this guy was a lot shorter than me. He was one of your sh- one of you short kings in it. Like um, Yeah, you you five ten kings. Yeah, he was like five. You're five, 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 yeah, under six foot people, people man. Yeah, Don't yeah, even talk to me yeah. anymore, <laughs> If you ain't six foot, turn off this podcast right now. <laughs> <laughs> apart from the Galdem you Galdem apart from the Galdem yeah. yeah if your height begins with five allow it man this podcast is not for you man um, yeah so I, I already seen just from his demeanour as well he was already and he, he was not someone who was inside the club yeah okay he was, he was in a you know like, what was it a North Face GLA do you know what I mean oh, standard yeah you know standard I mean? my, my man was not he was not out there to, to shake a leg he was there to kill someone yeah. um, it's interesting because that's like the you know when you pick um the kit of someone to actually yeah, the, start, the starter kit the starter yeah. kit that is literally the starter kit <laughs> trackies north face I'm just like yeah leave him alone yeah and all his boys were dressed like it as well so they're yeah, as bad yeah. as each other um, and then yeah this guy was just waffling like he was saying something and I said it any second now he's gonna hit me any second now and lo and behold he did um, but obviously he didn't know I can throw hands in it so we had a little of exchange and I got the better of him. And next thing you know, someone just punches me in the back of the eye. Uh, like from, and that hurt a lot. Um, and it like chipped the one of my back of my teeth. And I look, oh wow. So I go flying. Yeah. And then I just look to the side and I see like all his boys. And there must've been like six of them, six, seven of them. Yeah. Bare of them. I was thinking, all right, well, <laughs> I'm about to go for a beat down now. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's great. Um, but I was so waved as well. Um, I can recollect the, you know, the activities quite well, but I was so waved. Um, and this is where I probably went wrong is when they were beating me up. Yeah. When you're just trying to protect your head as well. Like when you, if you've ever got punched in your head, like proper hard, yeah. you know, you feel that like vibration on your head. That's the only thing you want to protect. Yeah. So I'm just there trying to protect my head. I'm moving like a maniac, like trying to like dodge and shit like that. Cause I can't really see what's going on. I can yeah. only just feel the blows. Yeah. And, um, I was so waved. I was just going, hey, hey. I was just, it was so stupid. So stupid. I was literally antagonizing them whilst I was getting <laughs> so beat up. Them angry, them at yeah. the same you know I mean? time. Because I was so waved at this point. I was literally just wob- bobbing and weaving, going, hey, hey, hey. This <laughs> is I think not, at that point, even the adrenaline, you want, you feel the pain, but it's right. not, it's not. Yeah, you can't yeah, yeah, yeah. that you're drunk as well. So yeah, it's like, I was waved. And in my head as well, I already boxed that guy up anyway. So I was just like, oh, okay, cool. All right, it's my turn now, isn't it? <laughs> You know, the universe brings these things to fruition. So I said, it's my turn now. I need to get beaten up. So yeah. I was getting beaten up. I did that. And then I just felt that blow. Immediately, I knew I got stabbed. But it the, you don't really feel the pain of being stabbed, like especially with that amount of adrenaline as well. Yeah. But it was very quick. I felt that one in the hip, it was a bit of a sharp pain. but um, And then the one in the quad was 
I didn't really feel anything on that. But it people say it feels like a wet punch. It just feels like a blow. Um, it feels like after, someone punched you in the leg yeah. as opposed to someone like inserted yeah, it, 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 nah you don't really feel the shank you, you it's only after you, when you're about three seconds after we, where my leg was impeded like the movement the mobility then yeah. you can oh, sort okay. of, that's when you go oh okay yeah I've, I've really been stabbed um, so I think it was the guy who I fought first um, he stabbed me but you know thank god they didn't stab me above the hip because it could have been peak. people have died yeah. from being stabbed in the leg 100% um, yeah in fact, you lose like so a, much blood yeah 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 someone uh, like a week after me got stabbed in the leg and, and died as well yeah. actually um, I think insane. they got stabbed a little bit on the inside of the leg and they just mm-hmm. bled to death and so it's pretty easy to happen um, and they ended up stabbing someone else in the forearm as well. I don't know how that happened. Didn't how they that just stabbing everybody? What's yeah, that's... yeah. Because it's just such a weird thing that you and your friends all agree upon. Like stabbing is okay. Like it's just, yeah. it's just a very weird behavioural thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, can, can you imagine like one of the boys who's not on that and then you're trying to tell your boy like, yo, I think you should allow stabbing people. Like, <laughs> how'd that conversation yeah. go down? Do you know what I mean? Like, ah, oh, bro. No, they're they're stabbed, so they wouldn't even not even that. You, you, you walk in this room right now and you say, oh, you man, I got a knife by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I'd look at you and be like, why, <laughs> why do you have knives? But imagine trying what to tell for? your boy not to do it. How's that conversation going to go down? Like, yo, yeah, bro, yeah, that's, yeah. that's kind of peak, man. That's kind of mean. Remember when we were talking about people who fight and then there's violence in and of itself and that danger that that comes with the danger of fighting people you don't even know yeah because some people just don't give a shit it's so weird they'll go okay this this is a fair fight this seems like a fair fight but i'm losing right now and my boys are looking at me like yo you're losing big time so just okay fuck it yeah but it's just gonna pull out a knife and then just go from there and it's just at that point you literally it's literally life or death yeah which is just, it's so weird. We go to that primitive behavior. Yeah, I mean, for the, in their case, away. it wasn't life or death. It's just like, it's just weird to me that this is a characteristic, like a, a personality trait that they've all agreed upon is okay, which is mad. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like, with all your friendship groups, you're always going to get someone who's an anomaly and he doesn't agree with the general ethics of the group. Yeah. yeah. But the fact that they all agree that stabbing's okay, it's just weird that they've all met and they're friends and they probably, they might even show like affection to each other. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, they yeah, might yeah. just be like generally nice guys on an individual level, but yeah, it just baffles me. But those guys apparently were from Luton. I don't think they were from MK. Um, mm-hmm. So, so yeah, I got, I got stabbed twice there. And then um, that whole fight sort of broke up and got dissipated because it was in the car park just outside the foyer. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I knew, I knew I got stabbed and there was a lot that I mean, my left leg was just drenched in blood. Uh, and luckily uh, um, someone's cousin um, drove me to the hospital because they weren't drinking. So it was when I was really in the taxi, that, sorry, in the car that I was like, yo, now the, the pain's starting to now come up. A little yeah. Bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because when I was running back as well, like when you're just doing that fight or flight, not feeling anything. Yeah. you know what I mean? Like you're not, you're not feeling it like that. Like, you know it exists, but you're like, oh, I need to evade this situation more. Yeah. So that, yeah, I went to hospital. Um, was there overnight, got stitched up. You man saw me. It was a bit of a mess, man, because like, yeah. it, this is not something that I'm, you man know me, I'm vegan. Uh, I'm not on violence at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it was just weird that happened to me. And, you know, after I'm crying, I'm like, yo, this actually has happened to me. Yeah, like, yeah, this yeah. is like, it's mad. And, and in my head at that time as well, it's just like, oh, these guys are going to get caught. They're so bait. Um, little did I know that that would not be the case. But it's I crazy. think- yeah, I think a lot of it now is is come to terms with like, yo, that has actually affected me like mentally 100%. a little bit as well. Like before, I would always be that when like a confrontation brings breaks out in in public, I would be that guy who shouts "World Star." Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That guy, do you know what I mean? I'll be quite brave like that. 
um, and brazen, but now I just get nervous. Like when I see confrontations, yeah, you think especially, about it. do you know what I mean? Like before I was like, I was not worried about any sort of violent encounters. I was way too big for my boots. So in some way they've definitely did humble me quite a lot. <laughs> just a little bit. Yeah. And so, yeah, now I, I recognize when I, those things happen, even when like, like people get angry as well. Like I, st- I, st- I don't respond the way, the same way I used to. And part of that might be because I've just been getting a bit more mature, but I think yeah, a lot yeah. of it is because I know no matter how big someone is, they can still stab me up. So 100%. like, so why am I going to be on that? But that whole, that whole situation was just, it's just mad. And it was very traumatic in terms of like trying to heal it and then come to terms with like, am I going to be the athlete I'm, I've been working for? Yeah. You know, so that was very hard, but um, nothing came of that as well. So the police, um, I think I didn't even, I wasn't even on calling the police because, you know, as a person of colour as well, you never confide in the police. You never really think that they're going to do a lot for you. Yeah. But I decided to anyway because my family convinced me, you know, that's something I should do. So I put my faith yeah. in them. They took all, my, took all my clothes when I was in the hospital as well. They took my trousers. So I, <laughs> I'm going home in a gown, you know, I yeah, came to yeah. yours as well. I was saying, oh, am I going to tell my mum that I've been stabbed? This is like your, every parent's worst fear, you know? Yeah. yeah. Your, like your kid getting stabbed. Um, and luckily I lived to see another day because it could have easily been not. But, 100%. Um, yeah, and so then I called the police and they did a very sort of shallow depth of, of questioning and a few questions. I, I sent a few like pictures and an email of who I knew was the promoter and stuff like that. Like, Yo, these are people, this is how, in my head yeah. how it works. Little did I know that is just, that impacts the case for the worse. Because mm-hmm. um, okay. when it comes to like identifying people when you've seen pre-existed, stories. it's just so dead. Um, so yeah, that incident happened and then I think... Yeah, nothing, absolutely nothing came of it. I got my stuff back about a year later. Yeah. My my shoes, they escorted, um, confiscated my shoes, my trousers, my jacket. Um, I did absolutely nothing. And I think it was just for DNA or whatever, like if that someone else's blood was on it, et cetera, et cetera. But there was loads of CCTV around the surrounding area and the incompetency of the police is just mad. Um, yeah. There was, no one was chased. No one was interviewed. The promoter of the event who knew the... Um, who escorted the guy over to me no one was interviewed there yeah just a gross incompetency and i always in my head thinking like yo if someone had came imagine some white woman had come to pick up her daughter and got stabbed by a bunch of black black boys yeah, yeah. they would have been caught they would 100 percent been caught you know though all those boys would be in jail right now 100 percent. and so now i'm just having to like come to terms of like okay those guys are still free that's only the annoying part of it as well yeah they're free um, Roaming around, and, thinking and it's okay. Do you know what I mean, I don't, and they, I was not the first person they stabbed. Less and I definitely was not the last. Yeah. And the thing, the worst thing is, is that there's, there's no snitching culture as mm. well. On top of that, it'll oh, make it that. a lot more difficult. Yeah, yeah. I'm, it'll I'm make just, it a lot more difficult to catch them. So even yeah. if they did have the videos or the cameras, hundred percent. Everyone around them would just say, "No, you didn't." Yeah, no one would have snitched on them. Yeah. Do you know what I mean, so I'm, not, I'm not. I don't. I'm not dumb. I don't think like the the, the promoter would have like told give gave names. Yeah, but it's a good starting point. Yeah. as the police is your only one job to do that yeah <laughs> so it's it's all a bit mad it's all a bit mad i don't really feel resentful no i mean i yeah is that true do I, I don't really feel resentful towards the individual i've totally moved on from it yeah i'd like they don't live rent free in my mind but obviously if they're in this room I, let's fight you know what i mean yeah. let's, let's get it done there's no referee here yeah. someone's dying <laughs> me or you do you yeah, know what i mean like actually yeah, no, nah, I definitely would like, if they were no, like dying, good. like I'll just, I'll just let the yeah. world take care of it. Imagine if, this is how I put it, yeah. If, if, if my man was in a hospital, yeah. Mm. Okay. He was on the bed looking like Gollum. 
and he just needs he's, some blood. He's on, he's on his last bit of breath. He's like, help me. And his family are all around him, yeah? And they all, I, I walk in the room and they look at me. They're all crying, looking at me. And then there's a slot machine. There's a slot machine. There's a golden slot machine on his left. And all it requires to save his life is one pound. And I have the pound. I'm going to Poundland. I'm copping a beverage. 100%. But, but I don't resent him. <laughs> but you don't resent him. But I don't resent him. Again, we were all in the club. We all enjoying ourselves, drinking, having a great time. And then obviously we decided this night's a bit long, so we decided to go home. Mm-hmm. And the minute we got home, we were just, again, chilling. And next thing you know, we get this phone call. As it, I think it was from Ed. I think it was from Ed. And he was just like, yo... Some some happened. No, it was my boy from London, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah actually, yeah, it was yeah. your boy from London. He's just like, yo, some some happened to your boy. That what? I was like, who? He was like, oh, I don't know if you even knew your name. No, like, nah, he mm. said, yo, your boy Chugo got stabbed. You know? Yeah, I was just like, mm. what? No, I didn't. And we literally just went, wait, what do you mean? He's in hospital right now. It's like, oh shit. Yeah. So we just immediately just got up. I it was like four five a.m. in the morning at this point. He said, no, we need to get up and just go. Fam. Yeah. Like, what yeah. the hell is going on? And then when we got there and saw the reality of it, like you were getting like wheeled off on the bed. I was like, oh my days, this is it was mad. so, this is so mad right now. Because even when they're telling us, you know, I uh, can't really let too many people stay here. So we're just like, me and Rob just like, nah, we're not, we're not going. There's, there's, there's no way, yeah, yeah, there's no here. way we're going anywhere and leaving him here. Do you yeah. know what I mean? We, we're going to stay there until you got out. Yeah, and however long it. that took, it, it just did not, it did not matter to me. Because I was just like, yo, that's, that's my brother right there, man. Like, did I show you guys the injuries? I've actually shown you the pictures. I think so. So the, the only peak thing about the actual stabbing is that the guy stabbed me at an angle. Yeah. Mm. So it the hip one, it went in, like not only just went in and go like perpendicular to my skin, like into it went at an angle into my hip, like up to like my upper hip. Yeah. yeah. And that the, that was the hardest thing as well because the hip you put a lot of no, it, that hinge not, not mobile at all. Do you yeah. know what I mean? You don't really realize how much you move that because everything really relies on those hinges. You yeah. know, your knees, if your knees impeded or your hip is impeded, your whole movement and your leg is totally off. Yeah. And yeah. so you're having to like, and I got like the the quad was not that bad, but I have still have nerve damage from it. So like my skin around here, yeah, so it's like sort of pins and needles, like it's numb. It's like oh, okay. it's like sixty percent of the pain I would feel if I pinched my head like here. Yeah. It's just numb. Oh, really? And it's been like that since then. But the one in the hip, boy, that was hard, yeah. boy. Because like when you're walking upstairs, when you're walk- anything, when you just want to be mobile and you're, you've got stitches and you, you've got like a gaping gash in your hip. Oh. It's hard, man. Do you know what I mean? And, it, and he stabbed deep in that hip as well. Mm. So it was mad. I actually show you the guys the pictures again, just to refresh your memory. Yeah. So these, um, so that, that was the one in the hip. So you can see it's stabbed oh. directionally, like towards yeah, because it's a whole torso gash, which is just yeah. Oh, mate! And then this one, you can see this one was just sort of straight down, so it wasn't too bad. But the nerve damage is around there. Yeah. It's weird. Oh, how okay, your interconnected as well. Because, yeah. And then this is where they punched me in the side of the face, and they chipped yeah. my tooth, and I had a black eye. But all in all, in good shape, boys. In good Cause, shapes. Yeah, because oh, Jesus, because no, it takes because. What the way it takes me back is like, because I remember you. You were so heartbroken, man. I, I yeah. just seeing your eyes, like you, you were broken. I was like, shit, yeah. man. Like, because you, you didn't even want to go home yeah. either. Because you just, you just like, I, I don't even know what I'd say to my mom and you know I mean? my like, parents. I was just like, yo, I, f- I feel that. 
Yeah. yeah. I think for me, it was a case of like, I wasn't even thinking about the event that just happened there. I think mm. for me, it was just thinking like, what happens next to this boy? Yeah. Because yeah. you can either spiral down completely and it's going to completely break you. And I was just always thinking like, I think that's going to be bound to happen. It's just how long is that going to take is it going to take five years for you to get over it yeah take one year for you to get over it yeah so i think i remember i just said a prayer and i said like lord god like he's gonna be one depressed boy when he finishes this because Uh. he's gonna feel like he can't train anymore he can't go to the gym anymore like that's what he does yeah as we said earlier it's a lifestyle your lifestyle is going to be completely taken upside down and you're gonna need a whole new change so i was just saying like god just make this as easy as possible for him yeah that's it, it was it was definitely tough there was a very dark two weeks after for me as yeah. well especially like i wasn't doing anything you're just waiting like at home waiting to heal but the healing yeah. really never fully comes yeah, yeah. it's weird and then you, you got going through like patterns in your mind is like yo these guys they're not only they stabbed me they've taken away my 10 years of work exactly yeah so you know you you, you think all of these things are going through your mind and then you're feeling very like you want to just like seek out revenge but you, you know, you guys, my peers made it a lot easier. You guys, yeah. you, your dad, you all came around as well. Yeah. Everyone was very, very supportive. My colleague, like my boss, what an absolute legend. Like he's such a, such a Donny. Like he sent me like, he said, oh yeah, take all the time you need off. Send me some massive like vegan hamper and it just had loads of treats in it. Yeah. So I was thinking, yo, like pe- there's people out there who want to see me win, like who care about me, you know? Yeah. So um, that made it a lot easier, but it's only so easy when you can't walk up the stairs. You know what I mean? Like when you're like, operating mm-hmm. day to day and you have to crawl up the stairs. You don't think about those things. Yeah, yeah do you know what I mean? Like you, you try <laughs> to be positive. So do you know what I mean? <laughs> you just, you try boy. And it's like any, any movement at that point as well. The first three days after, any movement was painful, bro. Because yeah. you know that hole in your hip, like, like between the, the actual stitching wound yeah. and the end of the, the, the wound. Yeah. There's, there's a void there do you yeah. know I mean? where the muscles would move and connect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that messes up your symmetry on everything. And so, you even have to learn how to like, um, when to perceive the floor, for example. Okay. Because cause for those two weeks, I hadn't extended my leg fully. You oh. gauge where the floor is a different, you know, level to where okay. you think it is. So like you might anticipate it too late or too think. So you even have to sort of learn how to like stride again naturally. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because you're just not used to straightening your legs it's because it's too painful to do that. Yeah. And the stitches are horrible as well. They're like itchy everything oh it's awful um and then my head my face was healing and stuff like that and but generally um i'm sort of like i learned more than that than the actual injuries it uh, like dished out to me do you know so i'm not glad it happened but um i'm glad i came out the other side of it and i learned a lot of things as well but but black on black crime that just articulated to me it's not taken seriously because how is my man walking away like we live in the most surveillance um nation on planet earth planet earth if these people were, they could be caught. If they killed someone, if they stabbed uh, like a white woman or something like that, they would have, there, there would have been more competency on the police half. I can't say that's guaranteed, mm. but it just, the incompetency was very apparent from the yeah. police force. It was very, it was very like surface level questioning. The investigation was poor. There was just seemed like there was no action happening yeah. ever. Um, and I was liaising with the person who was in charge of it and she's well experienced, but 
just useless, absolutely useless. So I let it go. I deal with some of the anxieties of today. Mm. Um, I work through them and I accept their reality because you know, obviously, when you at that mindset at that time as well, I'm thinking like I'm, I'm bulletproof now. You know, I can't. I couldn't even really understand what anxiety was. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, oh, okay. I just think I'm just thinking like people just need to like suck it up now. What's yeah. anxiety? What's social anxiety and stuff like that? But when you when you're starting to get shook. Yeah. Bit, you know, like when a fight breaks out and you're feeling like uneasy, you're like just wanna you wanna get out of there. Yeah. And it's got nothing to do with you. That's when you're like, oh shit, yo, I might yeah, I might have a bit of anxiety, you know. Yeah, hundred percent. So um but yeah, it's, it's, it's the realities that that sort of happened to you and seeing that it could potentially happen to someone else and mm. you just I don't want to be involved in that anymore. Mm. Yeah. I've I've been there, I've done that, I don't I don't want to be involved in that mm. anymore. And it's I'm I'm really I'm I'm not surprised with that part as well. Because mm. at the same time I was thinking when did you sort of settle in your mind and you go, I've accepted it. Yeah. This is what will happen going forward. And how long did that take? To yeah. Get I think that took a, a few months, uh, especially to, to identify the, so, the whole anxiety thing. I think when I accepted that, I was thinking, okay, cool. Now I've, now I've actually accepted my situation. I can, I can now build on like moving on. Yeah. You know, because in my head, I'm just thinking, oh, okay something the universe will take care of it he'll he'll die he'll get he'll get i don't know you know what i mean you're just yeah. you're always thinking <laughs> like yeah, yeah you know no, what it is is no. is it even still alive you know, know you know as, yeah. as we said birds of a feather flock together in that kind of environment yeah are those true. people even still alive yeah you you just don't know man it's, you really don't know the, i think it's i mean it, it depends on what age that person was as well i know stabbings predominantly happens between like 16 and 25 so technically if my man is like Say if he stabbed me when he was 24. 16 years old, you know. Yeah, it's mad. Yeah. The, Say if he made Jesus. it to 26. Yeah. He's likely to be um, deterred from stabbing people because it's with, only within that age that stabbing is really occurs. Um, okay. So if he makes it out of that age demographic, he'll probably grow out of it. And he's probably... Mm. It, but if he doesn't, you know what I mean? He's either yeah, yeah, yeah. going to be in prison before that. Yeah. Or he's going to be just dead. Dead. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or something. So... It really, it really depends on that guy. I've no idea who it was, but um, I'm sure he's nice on an individual level, um, and I'm sure he'll be very nice when he's older, when he's in his thirties. Yeah. You know what I mean, and he'll look back and he'll be like, "That's mad." But I can't believe I did that. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. But some people, place. yeah, some people never fully grow out. He will do that. Yeah. Some people never fully go out, but a lot of people who are in their thirties now, they look back upon that and they're just like, "That's mad." Like, how how did I do that? How yeah. did I wield the, the things to do that? So. Um, yeah, hopefully he didn't stab anyone after me. We can but, only pray. Um, but we can only, indeed, we can only pray, so. Yeah, no worries. So, um, so let's digress one more time. So you mm. said that um, one of your four points that you really want to get through today mm. was um, sexuality. Mm. Um, so with London being the big old open world and yeah. you've meet, met different facets of people, mm. um, how have you found this thing we call sexuality? Yeah. Is it not as one plus one is two? Have you seen something else? Yeah, nah, I mean, I would say, when I say sexuality, I would say um, stuff like being more open about um, sexual, sexual nature of, of my my being. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, um, so sex parties is something I've been going to in the last year or so. Yeah. And I think that's been really transformative in the way I approach relationships and how I just manifest myself in the world. Do you know what I mean? Like, how okay. open am I to being with people do you know what i mean i've met people from completely different sexualities like pansexual didn't even know what that was you get everything like this getting like meeting like non-binary people and stuff like that it's just mad and now i've got one of my friends who's dating someone who's trans and so it just opens up my my mind to these things um i'm still very much who i am um but it's just now you're in that environment you're in the queer environment and you see 
you know, how open they are. It's quite fascinating. Like sex parties, of, it sounds like it's just all fun and games, but you can actually, it's quite transformative. It sounds like all just It's really cool. It's, it's really, crazy. really, really cool, man. Yeah. When you're in that environment, the queer, the queer community have, have harbored such a beautiful, consensual, safe space to do these things. Like for example, a sex party, I, I can't really imagine going to like a sex party where it's just straight people. That just seems mad to me because you, you can't trust straight people to conduct themselves well in that space. Yeah. Queer, people, okay. queer people generally harbor a very, very safe space for that stuff. And so when I go to these sex parties, they're, they're absolutely wicked, but um, you sort of weirdly start to learn stuff from it do you know what I mean it's just like mm. how you conduct people like sexually what it means to people a lot of people in that environment are doing up non-monogamous relationships you know monogamy is, is a very weird concept most of us don't even feel like we're monogamous people we just act on it because of our spouses want us to do that mm-hmm. um I know I can, I know I can speak for um, on behalf of a lot of guys anyway we just sort of like this is how we're expected to conduct ourselves um so then therefore we should just do monogamy but it's not necessarily how people feel and so when I think of sexuality I think of oh, actually, what do I actually want out from the world? You know, what is actually my preference and can I act in accordance with that? Mm. So, you know, I've come to terms, you know, in the last two years is that I generally can't do a monogamous relationship for the foreseeable. I don't have the capacity to do it. Um, and it doesn't matter what characteristics a person has. It's not about them. It's like, I, I just generally can't commit to one person. And it's not because I want to be deep in the game. It's no, it's generally because it's not how I feel. Okay. Um, I obviously desire like an emotional connection from someone like a spouse. You you want someone to care for you, obviously. I think everyone has that desire. Yeah. But generally I've never been like interested in only one person sexually. Most humans aren't. Um, so I think sex parties is, is, have really taught me that and being open and how fun they are and how much I can express myself on like, cause if you see the shit you have to wear to some of these sex parties is mad. And again, that just comes mm. as a consequence of being in London as well. Yeah. yeah. If you anyone, if you just showed me the outfit I wore to that place to get in, because it's a very strict dress code as well and stuff like yeah, that. Have you got yeah, a picture? yeah, I got a picture. Yeah. Um, and then you told show, showed me like a year ago, and you said you're going to be wearing that into a club. <laughs> be like, no way! <laughs> yeah, I would have laughed you don't in your get face, your boy. Ass out of here. <laughs> I would have laughed in your face, boy. So, and it's just like really, really fun, man. Like I had my first threesome in one of those clubs. Yeah, it was it was like great fun. Um, and a lot of people, it's like it's a bit of a foreign concept going to like a sex party and you think it's going to be all mad and stupid and like so just so a bit disgusting. And you know, when we talk like about that. opportunities, yeah. It's not just business. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of, like that, when you say yeah. opportunities, opportunities yeah. everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> all yeah. kinds. Not just business, it's true, it's true, it's true. <laughs> yeah, so you have to like, you have to like wear kinkwear. This is some of the stuff I wore. So you just wear, it's basically just kinkwear. Yeah. You just go uh, in there and it's like, you have to have, you have to dress up, otherwise you won't get admission. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then when you get in there, you're, gonna, you're thinking you're going to feel all insecure and shit like that. People are, most people are naked anyway. Half people yeah, are naked. Yeah, everyone's the same. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You feel, you feel right at home and yeah. there's no sort of, there's no sort of um, body judging, you know what I mean? Like you're not going to feel any body dysmorphia because people from completely different shapes and sizes, you know what I mean? People identify with different um uh, genders or um, you know uh, gender identities yeah. You know, yeah hundreds you know whatever but it's very you can express yourself a lot and it's something that you know when you come out there you're like shit maybe I can actually express myself in my actual real life a yeah. bit more you know what I mean um, so I thinking, so how, how, how is that translated yeah how's that translated from the sex parties into mm. real life mm. yeah I mean I think it's generally taught me about um, do I want to do monogamy okay um do I want to do non-monogamy? And I think how I conduct myself like that, it's taught me a lot about that. 
Um, a lot about self-expression as well, communication. A lot of people there like go there with their boyfriends and then they end up like, I know this sounds like a mad concept, but they end up sleeping with someone else. You know, maybe mm-hmm. they're, bo- or they're doing a threesome or something like that. It's like, it's pretty cool um, in that aspect. And that sounds very, very foreign to people who are not used to yeah. it because um, it ultimately comes down to how we view intimacy. And that changed the way I see intimacy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If you see intimacy as from very deep um, philosophical um, connection, then, yeah. you, you know, sex parties and stuff like that are not going to ne- necessarily be for you. Yeah. Um, but yeah. these people see intimacy quite differently, more like a, you could say quite a bit more transactional in a lot of cases yeah. Um, yeah. and more just like liberating. And those people um, separate the two very well, intimacy from um, real intimacy, like sex, it isn't just intimate in virtue of being se- having sex. Mm. Um, and, you know, it doesn't need to come with feelings because, yeah, plenty of them can have sex and act, like not act on it, you know, yeah. just be there. It's just very transactional. And in those environments, the way people view intimacy is very interesting to me because it's how I've sort of felt. Like, it's not that deep for me, um, but I've always had to just like live in accordance with monogamy as the norm. And so I must do that and I must suppress any feelings of, um, me wanting to get with anyone else and now that, that that suppression can manifest itself in a monogamous relationship mm-hmm. when you're discontent um with the situation and you're just being like oh shit i can't get with x y and z because it's going to be seen as unfaithful and la, la, la. but if you if you harbor a relationship where it's grounded on communication these things are possible and the most beautiful thing about it, all of it as well is that it opens up a, a boundary non-monogamy it opens up a boundary that you have in mon- monogamous relationships in okay. virtue of being monogamous, there is that boundary. So, for example, say for um, you or your spouse find someone attractive, you don't really say that in a monogamous relationship because it's seen as something that, that might deter you from being monogamous, you yeah. know, verbalizing those things or saying like, oh, yeah, I would love to like, obviously you're not going to say, I, I would love to go on a date, oh, I'd love to lip her, do you know what I mean? Or <laughs> She's not going to say that. <laughs> but when you're non-monogamous, you can say those things where you couldn't before. And so you understand each other in a slightly different light. You see how each other... Are, how you are in adversity or, you know, how you deal with your spouse getting with someone else and stuff like that. And so it gives you this just extra depth I found of communication and reassurance in some ways that you can still be in a relationship and then liberate yourself outside. And if your partner is still picking you, like they're intimate with someone else and you, but you're still their primary um, emotionally committed spouse, that gives you reassurance. Like, yeah, okay, they're going to go out or I'm gonna go. I can go and have sex and still come tomorrow, back. Yeah. And I was, you are, you are still my, you know, my partner. So those things are. I'm still learning about those things. But I think for the foreseeable, I will do non-monogamy until I want to do monogamy because it's not going to be fe- feasible for my whole life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because no I, I was going to say, is it something that you'd recommend for other people to kind of break that boundary? Or is no, it, I mean, no. there's certain people I would say stay as far away from monogamy as you possibly can. Like yeah, that. yeah, do you know what I mean? <laughs> I, I've got a very close person to me. Um, yeah. Like, for example, Azita, I would, I would not tell Azita and his partner to do monogamy. Yeah. Just because of the way their relationship was founded. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's too much of a, a transition and yeah. the communication is just not set up to do that. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I would definitely wouldn't encourage that for everyone. But I would, I would encourage people to challenge themselves on how they view intimacy. Um, because for me, it's just like, I mean, sex can be as serious as marriage or it can be as unserious as me, like ugh, anything, going to the toilet. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's nothing. So, it's true, it's true. I, I, I agree with that. I think mm. that's where we 
see sex in different light. I think yeah. so sometimes sex is just transactional. It's very yeah. transactional. <laughs> you know? very. Yeah. It doesn't have to be like, oh, I love you. It's like, no, let's, let's do what we got to do. do you know what I mean? like, <laughs> everyone's happy. Let's move on. Let's communicate. I, I, I kind of see it. Yeah. You kind of see it. Yeah. yeah but it's, it's hard to, to, to think of it like that when you've, you're not, being in the environment like when, think, we argue so much about this especially like with daniel as well and yeah it's a whole nah it's just liberals and i'm like i don't know i think this has been here a long long time non-monogamy we, yeah we just yeah um, has been yeah. rife since i mean look people in africa do it all the time although it's you know it's it is sort of one-sided usually it's the, the guy is polyamorous you know like he yeah. has multiple spouses but they don't but it's, it's mostly um <laughs> whoever's in the high class of that society or that culture mm. in that th- those those type of men there and those type of class those are the ones who actually get to enjoy it the most yeah whereas anyone else underneath the lower class who are just working man they could never yeah, get yeah. the same um as the person who's like high up in the higher classes or people yeah. so i guess it's one of those things it's it's a bit it's a bit weird in the sense of non-monogamy can only be done with a certain group of people a certain type of mindset. Oh, totally, totally. And 100%. it's, if non-monogamy was, for, was just pushed out to everyone, it was just like, you know what, you don't have to stick to one person, yada, yada, yada. A lot of people in high, high classes who can actually take care, who have a lot of money, who can take care of a lot of people at the same mm-hmm. time, they will end up getting most of the girls, mm-hmm. most of the women. So for the rest of the mandem down here who have nothing, Mm. they won't be able to attract the type of woman they actually want because all of them, they'll just flock up. Mm. So that kind of bring, that's kind of like the, the, the dark side of it if you extrapolate it towards the whole society. Yeah, and no. not, not specifically a small group of people, do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, th- I, I think all and classes of people can, can do those relationships if their communication is, is good enough. Do you know what I mean? I think a lot of the, the problem with people, why they can't inherit it, especially men as well, is like, if you see it as a net neutral, say for example, you can get with people, but you're uncomfortable with your partner getting with someone, there's there's a degree of imbalance there and you've got to try and trace back to the roots of why that imbalance is. And it comes from a sense of, and I know you pro- might disagree with me, mm. sense of ownership because 100%. you can act on it, but you're not comfortable with your partner doing it. Do you know what I mean? So then therefore it's it's a net neutral technically if you can both do it. Yeah. Um, but there's there's an imbalance in the way you view your acts and their acts. You know what I mean? So I think yeah. it's I think it's it's healthy if it's done well, but I wouldn't encourage most people to do it. Um because it is it's, it's quite hard to coordinate at first as well. Um and like also it's just amazing because you can get rid of you can't fully get rid of jealousy, but jealousy is a horrible emotion. And it's jealousy is a very unique one because it's like a concoction of being sad and angry at the same time and like being possessive at the same time. Whereas like some people like feeling sad and, and uh, most people like feeling happy. Mm-hmm. Some people like prefer feeling like depressed. I'm not Legitimizing no, no. depression, I, 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 yeah. but you know that it's sort of the, it's more of their emotion of it. choice. You know, well. um, but no one in the world will want to sit down and be jealous. Because jealousy is filthy. Yeah, do you know what I mean? And so when you're in, when you're seeing monogamous people jealous because their partner has turned their neck forty five degrees to look at someone who's attractive, then people stay far away from monogamy, non monogamy <laughs> as you possibly can. 100%. But the people who are actually in those relationships and they they are maybe intimate with other people. That those levels of jealousy are, are completely like they've broken down those barriers a lot more, and then you can allow your 
you can see your partner for who they are rather than being like, oh, your gen- your genitalia was occupied, therefore I don't like you anymore. Do you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> fucking is really shallow when you when you really strip it back as well. So, and it also, it varies, depends on the society you go into. Like if you go into some society, it's the total norm to be non-monogamous, do you know what I mean? And so when you're in those environments, you might act that way. And so is it now I as a consequence Sweden's of- I think one of those ones as well where they're, yeah. they're a lot more open. Yeah, yeah, like Germany, like say um, Berlin, Which for example. Crazy. It was like, they just, it's, it's very, well, from, from from what I've heard, I don't know what it's like. I haven't been to Sweden specifically to talk to some people, but from what a Swedish, uh, this what Swedish girl was saying is that it's very normal for um, nowadays for the girls to have a high body count and things like that. So it's like, okay. Yeah. Like, okay, fair enough. Yeah. Like yeah. 20, 50 guys, whatever, guys, girls, wh- whichever way they swing. Yeah. And it's very commonplace. It's like, yeah, it's, it's, it's quite normal now. It's like, oh, yeah, damn, okay. And people, everyone That's should be able to liberate themselves. This whole thing of body count, I know it's such a topic of conversation these days, but it's, it's <laughs> honestly very irritating to like hear how toxic guys are. Like body count to me is just baffling that people uh, will pick their partner based on body count. Um, it's mad because you're basically deriving a sense of confidence from how low your partner's body count is. So say, for example, your partner's body count is over 30. You're going to be like, ah, oh, nah, 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 that's dead. That's dead. I want them to have, <laughs> I want them to have less than five or something like that. <laughs> and do you know what I mean? And so you'll see, and I, and I get it from a guy's perspective because they they don't want to be deemed as, as something of a number. Yeah. Guys generally want to feel less competitive. And so when your partner has had multiple spouses, you might be like, oh shit, I'm less competitive. I'm less likely statistically to be, to make that, be that number one spot. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, and we but, go back to a sense of ownership. Of that yeah, but, but you shouldn't derive confidence from how lower someone's number is. You should derive confidence from who you are. You know what I mean? Like your spouse, they have all the same desires as we do. And we've got to, we've got to acknowledge there's plenty of women who can have transactional sex and they do. And they, if anything, women have the desire to Tell do it more. Boys, this um, but you know, when, when it comes to like, oh, my partner's body count needs to be X, Y, and Z. Yeah. You're, you're picking your partner for all the wrong reasons, man. Like your your partner should be someone you should have an emotional connection with. Body count should not be a problem because they are with you. If they made a commitment, that's fine. Obviously, there's a number where it's going to get ridiculous now. Do you know what I mean? Like, say for example, <laughs> your partner has slept with 870 men. Yeah, you might you might be like, okay, I might question their ability to hold down a permanent par- partner. But generally, if they if they practice um you know safe connections and stuff like that and then they're committed to a monogamous, monogamous relationship i don't see any problem with body count i'm a confident person when they're with me, they're with me. yeah because i think because the thing yeah I mean? confidence is a big thing because there's the other aspect of it that some people don't necessarily know about and it's the emotional damage that these women go through with high body counts on top of that, that because I get, there, I get, there is no for most women they want that emotional connection they want that not necessarily for most i didn't say all yeah 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 Yeah, most not not that minority group of people just sexist transactions that's what we argue most about Mm. (laughs) because it's it's, it's the details that people don't necessarily look at the on the other side it's like it's cool to it's cool it's cool that we want the whole idea of yeah i'm I'm confident in myself yada 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 but at the same time you forget that it's not just you in that relationship it's also the woman Mm. and the woman might be going through a lot of things with the high body count because there's a higher risk, the higher chance of them getting emotional damage and things like that. And it's just, it's not, a, it's, guy no, though, it's, it's not, it's not good. It, it's, uh, guys as well. Yeah. A hundred percent. So this high body count thing, although some people might be like, don't, shouldn't look at that. shouldn't look at that. But really it does play a big part because even when it comes to marriage, women with a lot of high body counts or partners in general with high body counts, mm. 
the relation, um, the chances of marriage do it shrinks. The chances of divorces, the chance of divorce increases rapidly, mm. which is insane to even think about because the, the, the correlation to it is just insane. People, partners with less body counts amongst themselves tend to survive longer and have more successful relationships mm. than those who have multiple partners who've slept around boys yeah. or girls at the same time because yeah. their concept of relationship is just, I don't see relationship with you as just mm. together, us two together. So marriages, why would you, why would you look at marriages and think it will last forever if I can just replace you just like that? So the mindset is completely well, different. Well, yeah, it also depends you know how I mean? you, you see marriage as well. It's like, yeah. it, it, if you see like that percentage of people who are breaking up at marriage, marriages, that was obviously optimal for them. So I don't see getting divorced as a bad thing necessarily. I see it as you guys have chosen that path to do. So, I mean, maybe that's highlighted more of what the partner really desires and yeah. not one spouse or something like that or not that particular spouse. So, I mean, you'd have to view divorce negatively, whereas you could put a positive spin on it and say, okay, cool, they, they made the choice to not continue to be in a marriage that they didn't necessarily want to be in. But I totally get that. Um, I, I guess there's a lot to think about, but yeah, it's, generally it's, it's, high body counts, it, men should not really concern themselves with that too much, um, in my opinion. Do you think you're going to be married, Chico? Do you think you're going to that's marry? A, that's a good um, question. Yeah, it's possible. It's or totally when possible. do you want to get married? Uh, I mean, if, I, I, if, I, I don't, I don't think you've got a timeline. I don't think you've got a magic question. wand, bang, if I could have everything I want. Marriage? Yeah. Um, then the if, first, if you could have it. I, I, right now. No, I think that's the wrong question. The oh, first question is like, do you want to get married? Okay, let's start with that. Um, let's start with that. getting married. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I see it as a possibility. I don't think I'm going to do any sort of. I, I'll, I'll maybe do it for the the legalities of it, but I'm not going to do like a sort of a, a ceremonial, like religious marriage type thing. In the sense, it will just be as a, a commitment we make. Um, so I guess I could see that. I guess um, I'd like that. I mean, I would like, I, I, but I only really desire the things that come like with being having a, an emotional partner, not really the marriage itself. You know, like emotional commitment. Um, someone who's your rock and stuff like that. That's cool. And, you know, someone who teaches you self-improvement and stuff like that. They're the things I really desire. But in terms of like the stamp of marriage, mm. I mean, that would be more for like my mum and, and, and stuff like that. It's mm. not necessarily for, because I desire to be married. Do you okay. know, desire like a ceremony. I might not want to do my, I'm, I'm guessing my partner would probably want to do that. So I'll probably do that. And most of the choices, um, your, your spouse will provoke those things. Yeah. You know, the whole buying a ring i'd rather go on a honeymoon than spend 10 grand on or 20 grand on a wedding <laughs> do you know what i mean stuff like that so yeah generally yeah yeah i would like, like to overall have, like, would you want yeah yeah so, i think so yeah i think so okay fair enough um what are you are you a heterosexual male what are you yeah i would say i'm, I'm heterosexual but um like i'm open like i'm you know I, mean, I could date someone who was trans if the vibes all checked in yeah. um yeah I, i'm i'm totally open to that i think um a large part of it is I'm just attracted to like deep femininity. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So whatever form that comes in really, but overall, like I don't really decide who I like, you know, I like it's very statistically unlikely. I'm going to like a guy, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, uh, I, because in my head I'm straight, you know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah. like, um, femininity, <laughs> it takes a lot of interesting forms from what I've seen in the world since yeah. I moved to London anyway. So it, you know, it, it, it's possible. Like my, my friend, my best friends dating, um, someone who's trans so i mean and they get on like fireworks and yeah. i could never have you know i don't think he could have foreseen that he, that was a possibility for him was but, it um, guy was it guy with trans man or trans woman trans woman trans woman oh guy with trans woman yeah 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 so um interesting 
so um and yeah so i think and they're very attractive you know his spouse is very very attractive so i you know I, i'm not i'm not saying it's possible but it's yeah. i'm not saying it's impossible you know but i'm i'm heterosexual i'd say cuz yeah. i've always thought that at that point does that make you gay or does it still make you straight because it, it, it's still i guess that's a good question you're, you're still technically biologically a man but at the same time you have feminine qualities within you in how you present yourself i would so say i that, don't know how 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 that switch happens in your mind do you kind of like what probably not you turn on and turn off do you yeah, know you're, what I mean? you're probably not straight but you're not, I, I, yeah it's, I, it's, 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 it's hard it's a weird it's hard, one, to, it's hard it? to put yeah. your, you know what i mean like yeah I, 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 if you get with the trans person I guess you're in queer is quite an umbrella term. It okay. encompasses everything other than straight, I believe. Mm. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but yeah, so I think you're probably not straight if you um, get with a trans person, but it doesn't make you anything else. It doesn't make you gay because that yeah. gay is a very simple, gay is very specific as well. <laughs> it's Jeremy, so linear. Just yeah, Jeremy. <laughs> I'm so, attracted to men. Jeremy, really, yeah, yeah, Jeremy, all of that. yeah, you might be pansexual there's like was it gynosexual where you're just attracted to like femininity there's loads of there's loads of things that you actually i'm still learning like yeah. i'm still interacting with so yeah i had man. a guy the other day he's um he's pansexual the mm. conversation we had was crazy it was just a wild conversation but i, learned I, so I much think yeah i think you talked about it pansexual is cool because yeah. if we were all pansexual the world would probably be a better place because yeah. you would like someone for who they <laughs> it are was, it was a very simple form it's of very it. simple you just like people for who they are yeah simple as you know what i mean like you just catch a vibe in there but obviously as a man as a straight mm. cis man you you know 50 percent of the population is cut off biologically yeah because we are straight people yeah so but whereas in that half they're just seeing okay you you are compatible with me therefore you are a potential partner doesn't matter what your genitalia is doesn't matter how you're born or what color you are whatever whatever you identify as pansexual is probably if everyone was there we'd probably end up with optimal partners do you know what i mean yeah. um but you have to have the the uh, you have to have the curiosity you have to have the desire and it has to be within your sexual parameters yeah to be pansexual but it's a, it's a cool sexuality if you call it so, so it does really matter if you're man, trans, trans, trans man, whatever. trans woman, oh, vibe, vibe, gay, vibe. whatever. Like you get with anyone, like anyone, anyone, anyone with a rectum, bruv, you'll get, you know what I mean? <laughs> you will occupy or you'll have yours occupied. You're doing something. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Them man who are pansexual are active, bruv. I'm telling you, bro. I've got a friend who's pan and he, <laughs> brother, just give anyone with that rectum thing. Yeah. Doesn't matter on it. Because I think at that point, there's part of it that's actually just bi- just bisexual, like in nature, nah, like, as, yeah. as on the foundational level, and then everything on top of that, pansexuality will just flourish into whatever, whatever being. Because you have to be a se- technically attracted to both sexes at the same time. As, at, you have to be technically attracted to both sexes, whilst at the same time, this whole your personality and who you are mm. is what will attract me towards you will kind of swing me towards you. Yeah, exactly. The, the meaningful traits. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So, Everything I, that means. I don't know if you can be pansexual and <clears throat> like, let's say, only women or like only nah, men. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if that you might in you that might, way. You might like a similar, like a, like a category of, of, of people, but mm. I think you're open to those. You might lean towards, like I've got friends who are bi mm. and sometimes they lean towards more guys. Sometimes they only date girls. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes they go through phases. Do you know what I mean? But they be like, I'm open to anyone. I'm attracted to who I'm attracted to. And I get that. That's all good. I can't pos- 
I can't do it, but I get it. It's cool. It's cool that their man can do that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They can they can they can suck dick and they, they, can, they can get their back, moving, they can get their back blown out. Do you know what I mean? Like they're they're living their best life. Do you know what I mean? No no screw is unturned in their life. One thing I'm noticing the queer community is uh, how sex is simplified. Mm. Um, as I said, in these man and woman dynamics, yeah. It's so complicated. And when we say sex is transactional, it's when I've seen this queer side and it's like, right, well, you just text him what is done. You like mm. it? Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I've just done it. Mm. Like, yeah, I just got with him. Like, yeah. It's done. And I'm like, bro, what? Ask a man and we come to women. We complicate things so much. Like, nah, I got to take on a few dates first. I got to take on a date. got to do this <laughs> so and this. Dead. But really and truly, but- we just want the same thing. Mm. But it, just no, it depends what you want though. Because <laughs> yeah. the reason why, well, it should be the the reason why you take a girl out and court and date is you're, you're essentially vetting out for your future partner. No, from both sides. So, sometimes, no, even when you just want to bust a nut inside should, that girl, no, what I'm saying, <laughs> you just, no, no. you're like, nah, let me take out. When can I do it? I'm not saying that part doesn't play into it. Obviously it does. Mm. But the initial point of it is to find a future partner and someone who will love you and be there for you for the rest of your life if no, I guess can. Big but hot, yeah. th- that doesn't mean well, that doesn't mean yeah, that that's what goes to get cancelled in it so I just <laughs> it's a bit hot nah um, yeah no yeah, that's possible do you know what I mean it so it depends what you know what, what premise you're there for yeah. you know if you are looking for that but most guys generally like that's they're the just on a date be, they're on, yeah. on a date so like how you know what's the ETA on how when I can press <laughs> do you know what I mean that's like most guys. You're, you're asking. That's unfortunately yeah, like, how, how was your date? Do you know I don't mean? give a fuck. Yeah, I don't give a shit, bro. I'm trying to blow your back out. Do you know what I mean? Like, and that's just the honest truth. Like, guys just be more honest. It's like putting your dating profiles. Just put in your dating profiles. Like, if you are single, just be like you're looking for a more of a open thing um, or casual encounters. My Tinder bio back in the day was savage, bro. But I got partners who understood that. I think it was like our. Uh, if I liked you, I'm. J- this is obviously trash as well. Yeah. I mean, if <laughs> I like you, I'm just trash, trying to shoot go you. On until this <laughs> yeah, I think I think I was doing. Yeah, this is when I. Yeah, um, if I like you, I'm just trying to shoot you in photography yeah. or occupy your cervix. That's what I said. <laughs> but the thing is, that's obviously I wouldn't encourage people to put that bio. But the people yeah. who messaged or encountered understood. Okay. You know exactly. That's yeah. exactly what you want. So no one, was, no one got hurt. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. everyone knew what's up. But it's, it's when man them are really taking people out and selling selling dreams. Yeah. Just the bus night. It's really it's appalling, yeah. man. Like we shouldn't do that. Like, and often you'll just sort the people who are unserious from serious because yeah. you know, no one wants to go on three dates, spend loads of money, and you know, and then it not not bringing home. It's not coming home. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It's not coming home. So you know, if you just have people who message you will understand that you're more likely to get those things and you're more likely to just get an easier level of communication with someone no hassle yeah I definitely think guys should be a lot more straightforward with what it is they want. if you want a relationship say you want a relationship if you want just to beat just say you want to beat honestly keep, keep it very simple for the women out there not to guess yeah I would say this have a bit of class what... about it do you know what I mean like at least be like with some people with some people be like look I'm I'm here I want something casual, but we can still do relationship stuff. Do you know what I mean? We can still go to dinner. I'm not saying we can't do that. Do you know what I mean? We can't do friendly stuff. Yeah. Mm. But the premise is like, generally I'm, I'm looking for sex. Do you know? And so just keep it 100. Yeah. Know? But you know, I, stuff like dates, I don't even encourage guys to go on like dates like that anyway. I, I'd say just go out and show, yeah, actually a dates, but showcase the best version of yourself. Don't take someone to dinner. Dinner is 
boring as hell. Yeah. Especially on, on, only if you know your partner or if you've met them a few times, but go to drinks, do something, do something that's low cost as well. Go to coffee or something, showcase the best version of yourself. Yeah. Don't go to dinner and chew mid-sentence and you're asking someone a question, you've got to finish your chew and it takes extra <laughs> long. Don't do that. You know, just be on it, be forthcoming about your intentions. Yeah, I think focus on activities. Yeah, do something more interactive. Don't Bowling, go Bowling, st- what, what, whatever that may be. You just walk, even walk in the park, coffee, whatever that may be. Just focus on those activities. So that way, even when you go on a second date and you decide to go dinner, you can actually have something to talk about. Mm. Whereas sometimes in, din- in dinner conversations, oh if the God. conversation can go dry just very quickly, neither side of shit. you... No one is interested yeah, in the convo. If, you yeah, neither of you speak. interested in the convo. None of you are interested in each other in the first place. <laughs> but you're here anyway. Yeah, but you're you're here, so you have to just... <laughs> I guess I'm just going to eat. Yeah. So it's just... it's At that point, it's a waste of money. It's, it's a waste of... Um, time at that yeah at if, that you've, point. if you've seen someone a couple of times that makes sense but yeah. not on the first second date there's no segues in dinners like you can't strike a couple of conversation if you go like bouldering or something or bowling like you there's a lot of things that can happen in the environment that can sway yeah. the conversation so it's pretty yeah. cool and you get to see someone you know you get to actually interact outside of that but when you just sat across someone talking it's dead and then you've got another barrier about splitting bills that's another headache for a lot of guys as well it's a headache for me <laughs> I mean, my criteria is pretty simple when it comes to that stuff. It's like, number one, shouldn't be doing dinner anyway. Yeah. But number two is like, I get it. I get why women sometimes expect guys to pay because if you're the one who invited them out. So I see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then on the other half, you know, you do you do want someone to just offer at least, even if they don't have any in, intention of <laughs> in paying. Do you know, even if this they didn't bring their wallet. Even with me saying this. Oh, fuck. Even if you have no intention and you'd be like, oh, oh yeah, sure, I'll get half. And you'd be like, nah, nah. Oh, they'd be like, oh, cool, cool. Just pretend, just pretend. <laughs> Just pretend, but mostly just avoid that by not doing that because the bill splitting is just annoying. You know what I mean? There's nothing worse than someone who's staring at the sky when the bill comes. That is not nice. It's not a nice feeling. And I've honestly been on dates and I mean, I really like them up until that point because that first date is really the politest they're going to be, you know? And so you're meant to be on your best behavior on that first date. So if you, if if you, the bill's coming, there's just some imbalance there. I just don't really like it. So I would just say, guys, don't go to dinner, go for drinks. Um, at least you can get a little bit lit. Go for, do some more daytime dates as well. Like mm. go to coffee, go to a cafe, go for a stroll. Okay, yeah. D- if Walk you haven't got the nice, money, yeah. if you haven't yeah. got the money, do not invite girls out on date. If you have not got money to spend, don't go to the shard and it, and then <laughs> expect the bill to be split. Yeah. You've invited them out. So you guys need to un- like accept accountability for that as well. Yeah, man, I'll take responsibility and just pay, pay your do bill. You know I mean? But, but <laughs> pay I beg women just offer even if you have no intention i mean even if you offer and then you you, you know you have not got your wallet and you'd be like oh actually i left it that's cool just offer yeah, yeah, yeah. And, Bro, then I'll, and then i'll pay let it be a fake off i, I don't just, care just fake. offer there's let, even time let me believe <laughs> that you intended to pay yeah. for something there's times where you've taken the girl on a date and then when you sit down you're like Bro, you ain't got a bag, fam. Like, oh, they literally just, just and I'm like, close themselves. On? That's it. I just show and up. I really pay for it. So I always had a rule for myself. I always said like, I can only take a girl on a day, like, or to a restaurant if I can pay for four people. So I, oh, okay. I know Good. for a fact because this, I'm calculating sixty pounds. Yeah. The girl is saying, let me get another bottle of prosecco. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, big man. <laughs> Chill, bro. <laughs> if you're drinking Prosecco, I'm not really drinking today, so I'll just have a glass of water. That's all right. I'll let you drink. I don't want to drink. And then she's like, oh, didn't have a glass. Yeah, yeah, have a glass. It's, it's like, I don't, it's not for me. 
So <laughs> if I can pay for four people and pretend I'm paying for four people, then I'm like, yeah, cool, let's go out for food. Yeah. Only when it's going to happen. But be, you know, be prepared to pay at the end of the day because you did invite them out. Exactly. Yeah, so yeah, I, yeah. I see it from that perspective, but yeah, yeah it's just- Man, just stop selling dreams, bro. Yeah. Like, especially yeah, those ones who actually like, they'll take a girl out on, on a date, they'll put, let's say the bill comes to 100 pounds, 100, 200 pounds, whatever, they'll, they'll foot the bill knowing that it actually hurts them deeply mm. and they oh. can't maintain oh, that lifestyle. Oh, and then you're struggling for, you you for the month now yeah, because yeah. you just had one this oh, day. Oh my God, it hurts. <laughs> it yeah, hurts. Like, I've been there, man. Yeah. You know, when, when that, you know that cold sweat you get when you see that bill, <laughs> like, um, that's, that's leaving my account any, no, but, any moment now. Do you, know, do you know what the crazy thing is? <laughs> and it's gonna hurt. <laughs> do you know the crazy thing? You look at the bill, then yeah. you go on your banking app. Okay, we're now 7th of November. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be in the trenches for the rest of the month for this money. Noodles and veg. Was it worth it? I didn't. Nothing. Oh my God. Digital lips me. Oh my God. It's the worst. She went back to a man's house. Oh my God. You don't want to be there, especially when you check your account, you think you got this X amount of money and then you see five pound in your account. Vodafone is taking the bill out. Didn't anticipate that, big man. And the worst thing is, you know there's crazy, you know there's a phone bill coming through, the water bill coming through, the electricity bill coming through and just look in your account going, big man, why? Why? You had enough money, but Kindle just took $2.99 from your account. Now that's $2.99, you ain't got enough money. I beg, at least, if do some damage control, like, if I pay for that bill, at least say, oh, I'll get the next one. Do something, because yeah. I'm hurting. I'm hurting right now. I'm really, really hurting. I just paid 90 pounds for this X, Y, and Z. I beg, just pretend. Even if you don't want to pay next time, just pre- just soothe that wound. Because yeah. it's hurting right now. Do you know what I mean? So, um, what will be yeah. um, maybe three to five red flags for you um, when going on a date? Um, so I would say yeah, the first some one. Of your red flags. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah, so I would say the first one is without doubt materialistic um, values. Somebody's a very okay. mate, uh, like materialism. Like if you come yeah. with a LV bag, like I, I get it. Some people are, are okay with that. I'm not into that. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? I'm not into it's any just a of that design trying stuff. To flex. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, my spouses technically, have, uh, well, typically have been someone who people are carefree and just don't really care about those material possessions. Yeah. yeah. So is, when those happen, they, they just, they come with a certain connotation about how people conduct themselves. I'm not too comfortable with it. Yeah, because so, yeah. I was going to say as well, for, for the most part, when you see the girl with the LD bag, you know exactly what type of dinner she wants. Mm, yeah, yeah. She don't want a regular degler. You have to, you have, you have to show out. I just I'm sorry, you have to show out. I just don't get the concept of like. I, I don't. For me, I just that, don't like. She literally shows you. This is the type of date I'm expecting that's from exactly you. that because that's, now for your birthday, you want a new LV suitcase to go on strong. holiday. Strong. Exactly. That's eight hundred pounds. It's like, can you afford the lifestyle this girl wants? Mm. <laughs> yeah. For I mean, most, it, of, for, 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 for most of us, mandem, it's not. You can, but you won't be able to live up for the rest of the month. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> just even, be very even in the case that they're buying them all themselves you know that's great but like i just don't want someone who values a 600 pound handbag when you could on his like it's just just dead yeah. to me so i'll tell you yeah. that's the first one um i'll say um somebody's just generally not authentic i don't know like you just get a sense of someone who's not very authentic <laughs> do you know what i mean not the, not very themselves like yeah. you like you don't have to be like perfect but like at least be yourself and then like everything i like changes so it might vary per person so just be authentic and then i might like you you know what i mean yeah um but yeah, I'd say the materialistic one is by far the most. Yeah. But other red flags is uh, you know some, just the general ones as well. Like um you know like 
general like hygiene, like someone who, you know, stuff like that, you know, yeah, your, yeah. if your teeth are in a, in, yeah. in a nice state or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like your hair's looking nice. Like presentability, I guess. Talking to, to a degree. Present- the yellow from present- ah, Presentability is important. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 I don't like girls who are, t- are too girly. I think yeah. like, um, Interesting. I, I, I don't know if that's an offensive term or anything, but like, I, I like someone who's a bit more like, a bit more carefree. Do you know what I mean? They're not polishing up too much. They just, someone has a little too bit girly. more what, of a, What would that bit, be I mean, like? I don't know. Like coming in like 10 inch heels and like a mad like, crazy dress like everything's like perfect you know, everything's perfect like i don't really like that i was just more okay. someone is a bit more chill and down to earth mm. but um again i'm it's possible i could like someone like that because what i like is changing so yeah per person you know i like that's like, just preference so that's perfectly fine yeah 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 um but other than that i don't really can't really think of two other red flags but mm. um something about know. a well-spoken woman that i like as well. i love well-spoken women you just speak well yeah, I like that as well. Choice of language. Yeah, I, like I love that. intelligence in women, man. Yeah, like, women can articulate themselves and just critically think and things like oh, just yeah, you just go yeah, yeah. They're values as Absolutely. well. Absolutely, well. yeah, values. Are like yeah. if they're not if um if they're not opinionated. Again, I, I I don't really pick anyone in my life, male or female, um, who are not opinionated generally, mm. um, because I just like to be. You know, I like to learn stuff as well. So yeah. I think yeah. I think if they just haven't got really like deep opinions on yeah, yeah. opinions are important. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you don't you have to have an opinion like yeah. Gandhi. You don't have to have like a philosopher, <laughs> but you know, that's not uh, a thing for me. Like, that's a red flag, I guess, as well. Cause Cause I was gonna, yeah, because I was gonna say stuff like that. Politics normally is one of the things that breaks. Um, yeah, not a lot makes of young, break relationships. Yeah, yeah. Not a lot of young people are conservative, but I guess that would be a red flag as well because uh, mm. don't fuck with Tories. Um, Stuff like that. Do you think that's going to change the future? Uh, what is that? What like the bridge, the, the gap bridge between like left and right or something? Mm. Well, been, I should hope so. I guess I've been investing myself so much in the last few weeks regarding politics and like, yeah, same um, here. The chancellor of um, he's just released his whole financial year and how, where money is going to be spent, and they just found it so interesting. Mm. Party, and I was like, you know what? Maybe I'm not so freaking labor as i thought yeah oh okay. yeah, yeah no there's definitely a lot of um interesting points that right-wing politics has to bring um and they are quite you know can be quite competent um and there's a lot of politics and left-wing politics i don't like i even though i lean heavily left mm. um, yeah. but if that bridge is to be gapped um then yeah so, like, so be it did you watch this week's um prime minister questions no so no. interesting like rishi was speaking and i thought like if you act on this uh, it's actually alright. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll <laughs> see. Um, you know, the, the the problem with the Conservative Party is that generally people who vote for them are are, are voting for self propelled interests. Yeah, that's the only problem. You know, and they they don't really think about the people who are who are less than them. So, like, if you do left wing politics, you can you can guarantee that people who are, earn less than you are probably going to be taken care of in some yeah. de- in some degree, or they're actually going to be in the thought of the politicians. Whereas right wing is well, general politics is is the take taxpayers money and put it in the hands of of private institutions or or the or you know the big corporations that's what it is and so yeah. rishi is is no clearer example of someone who is merely trying to please the upper percent um but we'll see like i'll, I'll believe it when i see it um, yeah. we'll see what his his manifesto has got to say but because i think from both sides they can always learn things from each other it's just a yeah matter totally of being able to sit down and actually conversate and actually say, okay, what what problems do you actually have from each side that you can actually, mm. maybe there's a solution that the right-wing party might have to your problem and maybe there's a solution of the left-wing party. Might there's have definitely your, a balance, isn't there? Yeah, there's definitely a balance in there, but 
at the moment, green party. what they do <laughs> now, I just party. see, like we've talked about before, there's so much division. Mm. Like, it's, you're I get, this I get the division this, though, and it's like, I get this. It's like, yo, guys, stop dividing yourselves. Actually, think about your points. What can you actually bring to, what can you actually agree with? on the other side there's certain things that are so divisive that we can't agree on like abortion for example there's there's not a middle ground yeah it's either there's pro-choice or there's nothing like i i and that that's the opinion i'm of do you know i mean there's so there's certain things that i'd love to bridge the gap on Mm. but there's other things that you just they're non-negotiables do you know what i mean like rights for everyone gay marriage i think that should be a given stuff like that people disagree right when politics typically does but and you know and abortion and stuff like that but um yeah, I'm, I'm totally open. I'd like to see a bit of more unity between people. Um, but yeah, I think we should adopt very different values because left or right shouldn't just be the only options. Um, we should we should adopt very different values um, as a society. I think we should all start again. There was like a, um, a thought experiment by, what's his name? Something rules. But it was like, if you were to take everything out of society, take it and everything, society is just completely empty. You are to enter everything back in but you could be entered in as anything. You could be a, a chicken or a, a, a black person, a woman or a kid. How would you dish out the equal amount of rights to everyone so you can assure whoever you're entered as is getting equal right? So for example, you could even be entered by a chair, but if you it, like, if you were entered in as a chair, that's your role as society, you're just a chair. You wouldn't mind, people are just going to sit on you, you don't care. If you're going to be entered as a woman, you would want to ensure that okay you have the equal opportunities you definitely want to want to be a chicken for example because then you're going to be probably go to a slaughterhouse so you'd be like okay well well okay so then we shouldn't kill chickens and we should probably give equal rights to women and then you say okay well if i'm to be a black person there should be equal opportunity for them as well there should be we should rid of systemic racism and stuff like that so if you were to operate society on that if you were to start it again they're the sort of values that you'd want to do rather than be like have this classism we have i know you talk about a lot about classism yeah you know um you start even stuff like getting rid of first class on trains or shit like that. All these minute things will add up to a more, a less divisive society, a more flat curve. Even if you were to in, have in, different incomes, yeah, the way we treat us, each other and coexist should be, it shouldn't be left or right. You know what I mean? It should just be, it should be compassion. And I've always, I always bang on about it. Utilitarian values. Like how can you maximize pleasure, minimize pain for the maximum amount of people? Simple as. And so, yeah, that's how I would. It's beautiful, but it's, it's never gonna happen. But. Of course, of course, but you, no. <laughs> you you must you must aim for those things to yeah. to to reach that mark. Yeah, um, and you, and you'd be surprised about it's it's possible you say that, but if you look at politics in the last 150, 200 years, it's changed vastly. It's changed massively. Mm. Um, I mean, look at sort of how how far people of color have have integrated into society. Mm-hmm. We've still got yeah. a long way to go, you know, but that's massive from where it was where you couldn't even get on you know go in a restaurant with white people to where we are today is you know it, we are making strides as slow as they are and as it's not as good as we want it to be but they're things anyway yeah no that's cool i don't think we should go any further I yeah we bring you back as a really what how long have we been speaking an hour and a half thirty. Bruv, let's let's talk about some psychedelics first uh, uh, we'll... you wanna go psychedelics bro that's been such a good thing for me <laughs> yeah go on come on okay, okay cool, cool. so um <laughs> yeah let's do it let's do let, it let's do it let's so do it. Let's you've do been it. you've been dwelling in psychedelics you've given me speeches you've given me freaking talks on psychedelics yeah you've given me a lot to think about yeah, you always I'd, leave me with food for thought. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so how did you start? How did you get involved? How have you indulged in it? Where are you right now with everything? Yeah. Let's talk drugs. Let's talk drugs. So what the government <laughs> would deem as drugs. I would see it as healing. Um, but now nah, I've, I've been taking psychedelics for about two and a half years now. Um, uh, like just on and off. Yeah. Um, and like I said before, that's been one of the most transformative things of my entire life. Um, I did ayahuasca last year as well. And that was, again, one of the most transformative things of my life. But Was that the first time? Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was my first time. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll do it again in the future. But um, I just, I just, I think a lot heard of Joe my- Rogan gr- talk about it, but I've never uh, yeah, met someone who's actually hell of a drug, hell on. of a drug. Um, Medicine, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I'll talk about ayahuasca and then I'll talk about some of the, yeah, how it's different from a lot of other ones as well. And cool. some of the yeah. other ones I've done. So what is ayahuasca? Ayahuasca? Ayahuasca is in, it's in the, it's in the family, the umbrella family of, of DMT. So DMT okay. is dimethyltryptamine. Um, so it's a powerful, powerful psychedelic, uh, psychoactive substance. Yeah. Um, and so I, Just ayahuasca, before this, what is, psychedelic, what, what is psychedelic? Oh, psychedelics are things that, well, by definition, something along the lines that um, induce, you know, hallucinations um, and stuff like that. And you have a sort of, so it's in experience. your brain. Well, again, yeah, that's so another point of contention. So not necessarily as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, it's they're just amazing. They're absolutely amazing. But I, I can't remember the actual. Do you want to get the definition of up of, of yes. psychedelics? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, where you have a, a psychoactive response to these things, um, and it alters your mood and your vision. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess so. so. Yeah. So it's a subclass of hallucinogenic drugs, which primary effect is to trigger non-ordinary states of consciousness. Mm. Mm -hmm. So this causes specific psychological, visual, and auditory changes, and Mm. often a substantially altered state of consciousness. Mm. Okay, so visual, auditory. It's not, so it doesn't necessarily mean touch, taste, smell, things like that. Um, Those don't get affected. It it, it can in some cases. Sometimes um, psychedelics are not like, you don't get visual stuff, you know, you just get general, like a sense of feeling and stuff like that. So they're they're very broad as well, depending on the psychedelic. Mm. The beauty about psychedelics as well is that they're from mother nature as well. Like ayahuasca is like the purest, most natural form of a psychedelic you can possibly have. Like it's made of um, these leaves, these green leaves, I can't remember what they're called, in sort of the Amazonian um, by the Hunikwin people. Mm-hmm. They're like an indigenous population and they're the people who give an ayahuasca to the to the world. But it's like this green leaf and then it's like this bark and it's like mashed up together. And what that bark does, you know, Huel? Like if you have to have chocolate Huel, is that like protein? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, like yeah. same thickness, same consistency. Okay. Um, but it's like, shit, oh my God. But you drink that, outrageously high within about 30 minutes it's it's, in, it's incredible ayahuasca is predominantly done in a ceremony mm-hmm. so it's okay. done by the indigenous people a ceremony in, it includes chanting and singing and stuff like that i won't go into details of like how i got that gig because i don't just out of respect to the <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah the people yeah, yeah. who who run it but yeah so i go on this trip and um it's it, it's it's pretty culty you could say in some ways you have to like wear a white you're in like a big like canopy and you've got like 30 <laughs> people. You're basically doing the ceremony with other people. And yeah. you've got, then you've got the shaman who will conduct the ceremony. He'll do chants or they'll do chants uh, and, and do singing and stuff like that. Yeah. And you've got the helpers who will administer the ayahuasca. And then ayahuasca is typically as a ceremony is, is done in three sections. So you'll do the ayahuasca, which is one shot. Um, and then you'll have like happy, which is like a tobacco and some other like vine leaves that are sprayed up your nose. Mm. It's helped you, it makes you very high, but it's meant to induce purging because purging is part of ayahuasca as well. Being sick, seen as like okay. healing. Yeah. So you all have like buckets. It's all a bit, bit crazy. But um, so firstly, so the ceremony will generally start with chanting. 
Yeah. And then you'll all be sat around this perimeter. And then I did it in a beautiful canopy. It was massive. It was, it's huge. It's like a mini house, something. Yeah. And it's got all these- like, Is it like in a field or something? Or is yeah, it it's like, out in a secluded part. Yeah. Um, no one's going to find you. No yeah, one's, yeah, no yeah, one's yeah. coming to help you. Mid some marvel. I mean, you know, <laughs> you, it is illegal at the end of the no. day. So it's very done very far out. Like yeah. you can do it in the UK and I've done it in the UK. Yeah. Um, and so you have all these people, strangers sitting around the perimeter and they're all ready to embark on this crazy trip. So you'll start with a chanting. Do you thing. all know each other? No, nah, I mean, you have, you or, have, or is it none just, of, you don't yeah, know anyone. I don't know. I don't, don't know who you call the leader of the person who's actually giving you the ayahuasca. And yeah, that's called chant. the shaman. Shaman, that's shaman. it. That's yeah, it. yeah. So um, you'll be sat around the perimeter. The chanting mm. will happen and then they'll administer the first shot of ayahuasca and you'll go around one by one. You'll sit down, get on your knees. You have a shaman and the assistant and they'll give it to you. You'll go and sit back down. The singing will begin and you'll start to come up on this on this high, on this psychoactive drug, yeah. drug and it's powerful and it comes... You know, I always say like... Psychedelics are not always good as well. Like you only get the trip yeah. that you need, not the one you want. Yeah. So yeah. all of my psycho not all of my psychedelic trips have been positive. Yeah. You know, I mean, some of them have been absolutely excruciating, like horrible, horrible, horrible. Like I'm like, I've had to face a lot of adversity because they Jeez. they can evoke feelings of bringing up your demons because mm-hmm. people who like fight psychedelics, it will come with like it'll be vicious on you. Psychedelics yeah. will, will they'll strap you in and yeah. take you for a ride, and they'll dump, be done with you when they want to be done with you. So you can't really control That's these things. Yeah. So you sit down and it depends. It very varies massively per person. A lot of drugs um, or um, psychedelics, you'll go through um, like an ego dissolution or ego death. And that's what everyone's basically ch- like chasing. Okay. It's where you lose all sense of your personal identity and you feel a sense of unity. Mm. Where psychedelics is very different. Like okay. you don't experience, I didn't experience any ego dissolution. I knew exactly who I was. Yeah. I knew exactly where I was yeah. and everything. I was very attached to who I was but you're getting these very, very powerful visuals. And it's very, you feel this deep spirituality and connection with everyone. And the fact that everyone's going through the same thing as well. The visuals are just something different as well. The power of them is incredible. Like you've never experienced anything like it. It was only actually after, so I did the first one, I'm sitting down and there's basically, the the room was very dimly lit. The ceremony is around six to eight hours long. It's a long time you sit down and sing. eight hours. It's a lot. Bro. It's a long time. Um, <laughs> and so the singing, there's only like, in this canopy it was night and we only have a, the fireplace and a candle. And I remember literally like fractals coming off. This is when I first started to notice, yeah, I'm getting high. Like I'm getting real high. Yeah. Um, and I'm seeing like these fractals, like all the light had this like crystallization of it. It was really fascinating. And then as it got more intense, the sort of what people describe as like machine elves. That's what they call machine elves. Machine elves. Yeah, this is something. The hell, it is very, very bizarre. But it's Whoa, like okay. a guy called Alex Gray, um, show, like does uh, psychedelic art, and it would explain to you what machine elves. That's what their definition is. But machine I start to see elves. these, fa- I see these faces, but these like, but they're working in harmony with each other, and they got like eyes everywhere. There's a lot of eyes I saw as well, and then, eyes. Yeah, okay. a lot of eyes. Yeah, yeah. I'll actually show you um, some of Alex Gray's art, but. As in eyes, power and eyes, like looking at you. Yeah, exactly. Okay, looking cool. at you. And then you feel like Aya is actually a woman. Ayahuasca. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, uh, this, so the, yeah, you start to see these fractals and these patterns. A lot of, but I, I see a lot of eyes. Oh, so uh, that's what you call machine elves. So machine this kind of... Ex- that is precisely some of the stuff you see. And it's incredibly vivid and powerful. Mm-hmm. And uh, often these people have very what? quite profound messages to tell people. So this is why a lot of people think it's not actually in the mind. It's actually a state of consciousness that you've 
given you've opened just up just unlocked yeah and the fascinating thing is with um with psychedelics as well is that why i don't think i think you're actually seeing vibration and energies is because um things respond differently like if you look at a tree or respond very differently <laughs> if you were to look at your face or your hand or a table yeah so everything has its own like unique characteristics on like a really strong mushroom trip yeah so it's incredible but the unity you feel on ayahuasca is is a lot and for me the unity came or the love people feel after it came from hardship and i went into some stages when i did ayahuasca where i swear i was going to go into drug induced psychosis like i was mm. too high there was one thing i was like stuck in like a hyperloop it was pretty interesting so the shaman at the start of the ceremony said look yo when things get hard don't yeah. curl up into the fetal position because it will just because that invades you're submitting to the psychedelic you know okay the psychedelics it doesn't matter what you think it will bring things to the forefront doesn't matter you like or not when you're in the fetal position you're basically God accepting damn. that you've given up and the psychedelics okay. will then take advantage of you in some ways and so i was so high at one point i literally couldn't sit up anymore um the, the visuals were getting so powerful the eyes basically just got more intense more vivid and came to my they were literally all surrounding me and those faces you see yeah those machine elves and i actually didn't know what machine elves were i generally thought there were little elves like carrying clock no no <laughs> you just sit I took it literally by definition. Yeah. Machine elves. Yeah, no, yeah. I don't know who gave and it that I, name. I look, because thing is, I'm looking at it right now. It's this weird sort of pattern, the mosaic kind of structures. Yeah. There's very, some of it is very symmetrical. Yeah. A lot of like geometry and things like that. And it's like, I'm looking at it and I just can't believe this is what you actually see. Bro, the power of some of these, some of them people, you, some people like just describe it as aliens. you see this? Yeah. No, yeah. yeah. Like, these, and after, my, my vision, how much of your vision does it occupy? Is it like everything. all you see? Bro, when you're at the peak of it, there's, there's you, is that else. all you see? You, you, you basically, else. is it like VR, putting on VR yeah, glasses? Yeah. That's, that's all you see. Bro. Just, a machine that's, that's just everywhere. half of it as but well, also bro. eyes yeah. everywhere as well. Doesn't matter. Damn, you, you, if you close your eyes, it's even more intense as well. So it's just like, you close your eyes yeah <laughs> if you close your eyes the, the the visions are even more vivid so it's like really? it's like really hard to to get away with but often okay. these a lot these people some people can strike up a conversation with these aliens mm -hmm. they actually have things to tell you and to teach you um and it and it's beautiful even the person next to me it, it was quite a, quite scary because he was sat against the the back of the canopy and he was just shaken like completely like trembling like in fear or whatever but he actually said after like it was he said they, these basically these ivy branches basically wrapped his body and were like tearing out all his fear and he was just like he couldn't separate it from reality but for me wow the the, the hallucinations got so powerful that i went into the fetal position and i got stuck to i never thought i was going to return it was, it was quite scary it was in, the oh, scariest thing i've ever done in my life actually and um i remember i was stuck in this hyperloop and where it was where the shaman said he announced said don't when things get hard don't go in the fetal position and I went in the fetal position because I just oh. didn't, I couldn't sit up. I was just too hot. The visuals are too powerful. I was so lethargic from exhaustion. And you also, you're feeling stuff eight as well. hours long. Right? Yeah, you, yeah, you're feeling, your feet, you feel the ayahuasca in your body. Psychedelics is, is part of how you feel, not as just what you, you is it, see. I don't know. How, how would you describe the feelings? Like a tingly sensation? Like what, what um, is it? If you could describe you, you it. You just feel this <laughs> like, I presence. don't know. Is there like a pain? I don't know. No, it's just this weird, it, like it's, it's, it's degree of a relaxation. Okay. In, in some ways, but it's like, um, it's got a hold of your body. You feel its presence and yeah. it's powerful. Mm -hmm. You just feel it in every part of your body and you're, yeah. you're, you're 
sensations, you're so sensitive to touch. If you just touch your face, you'll be like, oh my God, like you can feel everything. You can like, you can like see stuff in like 8K. It's mad, bro. Like when I, oh, we'll get into LSD and, and um, mushrooms in a bit, but the stuff you see is just incredible, man. And so I was in this Hyperloop and I was just saying to myself, this is the only thing I could repeat for what felt like years. And it was like the shaman said, years. the shaman said, don't get in the feet position. But I was like, oh no, fuck that. I just want to get over this. Mm. And I was rocking it. And then I said again, but the shaman said, don't get in this position. I was like, no, nah, fuck this. I just want to get over this. But the shaman said, don't get in this position. And I was rocking back. If you ask Matt, who I went on the trip with, yeah. he said, Big up, you were just rocking in a fetal position, rocking back and forth, laughing. I was like crying as well. Mm. You just don't know what you're like. It was mad. And I thought- So you scary- were laughing and crying from his point yeah, yeah, yeah. What you in your head, you're saying- In my head, in my head, yeah. And I was speaking, whispering to myself, laugh, like, bro, like you're just so high. You can't even- reality Yeah, these so machine elves were just- killing me and you have the it was the music that saved me in some ways because that when they're playing that's meant to like centralize you yeah it's meant to give you like your cue that you're still alive in the world do you know what i mean yeah. because when you when you the scariest part about psychedelics is sometimes when you forget you've taken them and you think this is part now your reality mm. do you know what i mean you've always been here and when you were sober maybe that was just like a temporary thing yeah. and you think this is you're always going to be your state from there on that's scary um and so at some point it wore off a little bit and i was able somehow just because i didn't want to die there yeah i said i need to sit up i need Mm -hmm. to sit up and so i sat up and then you feel this overwhelming sense of power and love and unity and connections and then you realize like yo these these visions are not here to harm me you submit to them basically it basically psychedelics it the, the ayahuasca broke me down so much that it made me submit to it. And then at the point I submitted to it, I could you enjoy it. You have no choice. Yeah. It's eight hours, I've got you. Yeah, it was, <laughs> you going, what? It was mad. And um, the visions, and then I just started to think about things that I actually didn't know were the problem in my life. Um, you know, cause you're not gonna be the same after you do a lot of psychedelics. You yeah. know, you might realize that you've been running away from stuff your whole yeah, life. 100%. Okay. That's why a lot of people come back from like a quite profound trip and be like, uh, I don't want to be with my partner. I don't want to, do this job i don't want to you know bring these things to, the, to fruition yeah and um yeah i it was just incredible and so they're singing in like a the in the hunaquins sort of language and it's beautiful you're just enjoying the ceremony happy is quite hard because mm. that's meant to help you purge and by all the way by the way there's a lot of people when you're doing this people are being sick everywhere like mm. everyone's got these buckets going like these heart wrenching project that <laughs> projector <laughs> yeah it, literally like that bro it's if you if you were to walk into an ayahuasca ceremony the one i did anyway yeah. and you're the police officer you're just gonna do a u-turn walk back up. you're gonna get in bro, your car stinks you, in here, you're, right? not, you're not gonna call for backup and it, the thing is it doesn't smell because you're fasting so you're not people are only just being sick the ayahuasca so it's yeah. like no it doesn't even it's not that bad oh the body's kind of that's that's body's way of saying it's okay heat. i'm 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 getting rid of it little by little until the it healing. gets out of my system. Yeah, that is seen as healing though. When you're yeah. doing that, you're getting rid of the impurities and you you feel it when you've purged as well. But it's like that ceremony, all people in white, people going, ah, uh, yeah, like literally. And then you've got people <laughs> so purging, bad. you've got people rocking, crying. You, I was there with like people who were like in their fifties, had never done a psychedelic in their life and they're there. I've seen grown men like reduced to literally just lying like face down on the floor, yeah. crying their eyes out, just wishing it would like stop or something like that. Do you know what I mean? Like it's oh. incredible, but the unification you feel is you can't can't match it because it strips you back to a very primitive version of yourself mm. um, where you, everything you've understood about the world, it will strip you back to the before you've learned that. 
And mm. so the, the parameters that you think you need to be happy will be changed forever. Yeah. Because stuff like that, you think that you need to get this X, Y, and Z to be happy. When you're on psychedelics, you don't that you don't desire those things. You just desire the, the, the connections with people. You want to get back to your family and stuff like that. La la la. So it's like it's it's so profoundly beautiful, and I, it's I, I, it's changed my life forever, man. Because I'm thinking mm-hmm. in those eight hours that you go on this trip, mm-hmm. at what point do you start? I don't know to realize. Okay, this is the real world now. Even though the psychedelics has been your real world for those eight hours, mm-hmm. and I don't know how strong of experience that is in mm-hmm. the sense of. Does it, how much of reality does it mess with? And how oh, much of it so do you actually, much, this is, this is what I believe to be my reality yeah. right now and forever? Or is it, I don't know. I don't know how your brain will compute yeah. that. This, this is coming to an end Yeah, yeah, yeah. right now. This is reality I'm in. Yeah, you, there's, there's like millions of takeaways. A lot of it, they call it, I can't remember what they call it now, but um, there's a stage after. A lot of people for psychedelics, the best part of it is the come down. Okay. when you can actually reflect on what you went through. Yeah. And for, for me, the ayahuasca, it was more fascinating the days after mm. where I could be like, okay, wow, I went, I really went through that. And what, what can I learn from that? Yeah. And it gives you a sense of, you know, a, a deep sense of being and that life is, you've only interacted with maybe 1% of, of your real existence in your sober existence. Because there are tribes that have operated in the psychedelic world for long before us. Yeah. yeah. And it will help you understand what spirituality is and, and stuff like that. But you, you can never fully answer that question. Yeah. But it gives you a sense of like, I'm a lot more than who I am physically here in this room. Do you know what I mean? I'm something a lot greater than that. And I think it's quite tied deeply to... Yeah, spirituality and and in religion in some ways as well. Yeah, just a like higher power. You you'll you'll understand it more, but it's impossible to articulate in human language because it, it transcends a, that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like those experiences are just like beautiful. Um, and then you so you get happy, which they'll pr- spray up your nose, like I was saying, and that will help you purge. But you'll get outrageously high. It's like doing like nitros, like times ten. <laughs> so it's mad. Like first time I did happy as well. So it's the first time I did happy, it was mad. So you go up to the front and have yeah. it administered. And um, so they spray up one nostril and then they'll spray up your other one. I couldn't breathe. After the first one, I could not breathe. I basically fell to my my knee, yeah. um, to my hand. Yeah. And I was trying to catch a breath. I couldn't for what I felt was I was going to die. Then Jeez. my man just said, give me your next nostril. I was thinking, oh, what? I can. You go back to your thingy, you can barely, you're on wobbly legs and you're just purging. After one... This is, yeah, this is one nostril, you just bang one nostril. And then I think I was thinking, I'm too high, like I'm way too high. It's like doing balloons, but like times 10. And you have to, like, basically, it, it basically is powder they blow in your nose. The height is just mad. Yeah, I've seen videos of it, and they go, it is incredible. <laughs> and, and then he took my second nostril. I was again. thinking, I'm gonna die if you do my second nostril. <laughs> gonna nah, die bro. boy stupid. <laughs> so it's just it, yeah it's mad and then so you go sit back down and you're purging like mad and a lot often the time you're not actually purging anything you're just it's just the act of like you're being you're being sick but you can't help it yeah um so that was another part of the ceremony and then you have sananga which is like something they'd put in your eyes and it's like burns your eyes it's horrible but it's meant it was basically for the hunters back in those days meant to give them that that 2020 whoa, that sharp whoa. vision they put in your eyes Sananga. I say Sananga. I love the way Collins asks the questions. Yeah, because my head is so much disbelief about what he's hearing. Bro, Sananga is top 10 worst pains I've ever felt in my life. 
You, you know when you hear something, you have to oh. you have to rewind a little bit just to make sure you heard it correctly. Oh my god, bro! In Sananga your eyes, is the worst. Is it a drip feed type? Like it is horrible. like an eye yeah, liquid type. Yeah. So you basically your Sananga is the only thing of the trip. I don't. Th- I'd very. I'd struggle a lot to do again because like knowing the pain now, I don't know if I could do it. But so what does that do to you? It's meant to close out the ceremony. It's like a traditional thing you do. But your your uh, your vision after is like eight k. It's mad. But they used it for hunting. The Hunaquin used it for hunting. Okay. So they do that before. But so you have the helpers come around. You have someone administer the um, the Sananga. Yeah. And then you'll get people with fans, fanning your eyes for a couple minutes, just whilst you get over the pain. But it's, you, you close out the ceremony. So they're the three segments, your ayahuasca, the happy, and then the Sananga. So you do two shots of ayahuasca, three hours apart. Mm. And that second one is where I went into that, what I felt was going to be drug-induced psychosis. Mm. Absolute madness, wow. bro. But yeah, unlike just to wrap up as well, like just like the ayahuasca compared to like a lot of other psychedelics as well. Like when I do like a a heavy dose of mushrooms, like I feel completely stripped out. Like I I don't actually know who I am. You lose your personal With mushrooms? Yeah. Mushrooms and LSD I found like a, a ego disillusion is called or ego death. That's what everyone's chasing. That's when you feel the deep unity. Imagine yourself stripped back to literally a single cell organism. Yeah. And it allows this amazing sense of clarity and it humbles you completely oh my god and for some people it can be the most profoundly beautiful thing or can be the most scary thing in existence and this is one of the biggest reasons that people don't do psychedelics is because when people do experience that psychedelic um, and that that ego dissolution it rips them uh it will it will separate the people who do want to do psychedelics or not because it's horrifying it's Mm. when you don't when you're looking and you're you like you don't remember who you are you don't know why you got there you don't know what you've done you don't actually know that you've taken a drug you just you're the entity floating in the abyss of space it allows this incredible sense of power and being and stuff like that but it can only be done once you get over the fact that it's scary you know (laughs) so like the definition of ego death is Mm. like ego death is a complete loss of subjective self-identity the term is used in various intertwined contexts with related meanings. So Jungian psychology uses the synonymous term psychic death, referring to to a fundamental transformation of the psyche. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that's one way to describe it, man. That's, it's so broad, bro. Like how it makes you feel, you you can never fully articulate it, but um, it's an- That's a great picture. That is. Yeah, you can have that. That might might be referring to the outer body experience. Some people like go outside of their body and they're looking at themselves, you know, it's like, the, you, you just don't understand what psychedelics are capable of until you do them. And yeah. then it will really broaden how you view your existence, man, because there is, it's given me now, like, there is so much out there. There's realms out there. There's a, there's a realm per thing you look at. When I was mm. doing LSD once, it doesn't matter what I looked at. When I was looking at like my boy Emmanuel, he was painting. I was looking at the, his, the piece of paper like stood up I could see the fibres each fibre of the paper in 8k <laughs> and then I could see the paint run over each fibre and I would look at him paint for 30 minutes and I would move my head I would look at a chair and I will end up looking at a chair for 30 minutes you know what I mean because you, you're in immersed in a different realm there is behind everything because everything's vibrations right yeah everything vibrations <laughs> vibrates at different frequency yeah. and so everything you have completely different experience of things you look at it's just it's so incredibly beautiful, but it's hard. Like I can't encourage people to do it because yeah. you know, like you, you've got to be called cool to do them. But I know 
to some people it would benefit like you rob i've always said it would benefit you yeah, yeah. Um, and it'll add a lot more to your depth to your existence yeah um as, as i said that, that i think i will go and dive into that one day by honest my counter argument is do i need to find that about myself Oh uh, yeah, bro. Like I that's where the that, most of the growth. Of your life. I think that's How one of the things. Yeah, I was going to say that's one of the things like Nikola Tesla was saying. It's like if you want to to find the secrets of the universe, mm. think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration. Mm. Mm. My God, bro! Like, and if you amazing, dive deep man. into that, you'll find a lot of interesting things. Yeah, yeah, but I, it is an interest. I, but I don't. Uh, he means it may, maybe more of a. I don't know if it's a scientific kind of way were um not maybe in a hallucinogenic kind of way mm. but i think maybe those yeah, tend to it makes sense because point. vibrations you see the vibrations when you're on something that you see through the veil of soberness that you are mm. like you might see you might feel like that's actually your true self mm. yeah when you're on psychedelics like a lot of the times when i take in it i'll be like this was what i was meant to see do you know what i mean this yeah. is actually who i really am yeah do you know what i mean this is what is always present but i can't see it i need to interact with these psychoactive substances because they're natural as well. Mushrooms, they come from the earth, bro. That could have interacted with, that could have reacted with your body in a trillion different ways. Yeah. But it induces these feelings of, you know, of growth and spirituality. Like, why is that? Like when you go and have a, a nut, you know what I mean? It re- you just eat it. <laughs> and love, but these things, they give humans an incredible experience, which might mm. indicate that they actually need to be taken because they could have, they could have just poisoned you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You, they, a thought just came into my mind. Do you think mm. that's, a way of mother nature sort of defending Absolutely. itself against mm. predators who no. try to maybe i don't know i don't know where these mushrooms grow out of maybe mm. they grow near trees so if these things eat the trees they're sending this hallucination so where they're just stuck there doing nothing mm. and then by the time they leave they're not interested in maybe the tree they want to eat or what plant they want to eat mm. afterwards maybe i would it's say the it does the opposite yeah i would say it does the opposite because when you have them you feel like like when you look at a tree when you're on a strong dose of mushrooms yeah you'll feel a unity with the tree do you know what i mean like it's yeah but that's the point you don't you don't you don't don't want to harm it oh exactly because i'm saying it's like mother nature defending itself perhaps okay when you say it like that yeah yeah, it's pretty interesting like yeah you you'll actually see the energies like when i looked at a tree bark when i was last on mushrooms honestly it was like imagine like a time lapse over like 10 years yeah like looking at the same thing but i was seeing it in real time and you could see everything moving on the tree like you could see all the insects like the clarity you see it is incredible but you could see these energies moving over it yeah um and then when you look look at the sky for example you'll see like a, a force field like for me i saw like a force field like layered around the earth and then you see like at the sea and then you see it's like breathing okay. it was so weird some of the things have like a breathing effect like you can actually see it's so impossible to describe, but mm. it might be mother's nature, but it's definitely- Because I, I think it's, it probably definitely is. It's yeah, way of it's definitely indicative that we should something. be taking them. Yeah. We should. Like, we should. It's like other different organisms have different ways of defending themselves. Yeah, exactly. The tortoise has a shell to defend itself. We have our arms to defend ourselves. Yeah. Mother nature doesn't necessarily, can't necessarily exactly. rip you or whatever. They can use the fungi in front of you to entice you to eat it because it looks mm. tasty or edible mm. or whatever. You eat it and you go on this wild trip. Yeah, they actually say now um, that- Whether that you're it, a human or animal in mm. nature. Yeah, I mean, they actually say it was um, psychedelics might be responsible for our biggest, um, like that gray area in humanity where we, um, where like prehistoric humans like 
grew, like was it Neanderthals and stuff? There's like a gray area, which is still a point of, you know, debate where yeah. we, we took a massive leap in evolution. Okay. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people believe that's because of psychedelics. We discovered psychedelics and it allowed us to think deeper and more about our existence. Um, but it's just, I, I would totally want, I think I would want people to do psychedelics because of the benefits, but I can't recommend them. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Um, and I understand, you know, they're illegal because, you know, if you get a lot bunch of people taking psychedelics, you're going to get free thinkers yeah. and you're going to get people who are not going to, who are going to challenge the status quo and the government can't have that because you, you then you're going to get unity. Then you're going to get a, re, you know, a revolution, mm-hmm. a re- rebellion. Like why have, why have been suppressed like this? And that's what I felt about when I've taken psychedelics. I was like, why are these illegal? This is the most amazing thing ever. Yeah. Like, but I, I get it as well because some people just you, you know, they'll, they'll you go, go and go, go and kill themselves. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah, like, and it's very easy. Like when you've taken like LSD, like no, just run in front of a train. Yeah, not literally. Because well, you lose your sense of reality, and if what? you can't even control that, you can get into a whole heap of yeah. trouble. Yeah, I mean, it depends. Right. Like so for some people, like the 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 negative of it is like when they actually forgotten they've taken psychedelics and that has become their reality yeah. and, they, and they want whatever their situation is to stop. Yeah. That's when it can get dangerous. Yeah. But now we have stuff like trip killers. You can actually like kill your, like reduce your trip by like 50% by taking this thing. Oh, there's okay. a few things, you know, there's loads of countermeasures you can do. Nah, to have don't a be safe boring. Trip. Yeah, yeah I mean, don't but, be fucking boring, mate. It's, 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 it's <laughs> always don't be a pussy, mate. Oh, God. You <laughs> But yeah, these um these there's loads of things today. Like setting settings is very important, but like your mindset and like the settings you do it in. Are you doing it with people you trust? Um, yeah. like can you be yourself? Can you be vulnerable around people? Yeah, you know what I mean. Like if you there's nothing worse than like if you're with someone like you, all you want to do is cry because you're like mourning your like your nan or something, and then you don't you, you're too scared to cry around the man. Don't cry, don't cry, don't cry, bro. Jane, like you don't want to be in that setting. You don't want to be in that setting. That ain't it. You don't want to be sent there. But um. Yeah, I'm conscious of time. Like, I don't want to touch on it, but maybe we can do that another time. I was going to finish off with some quick rapid fire. Yeah, yeah rap, hit me, man. So, who's your hero? If you have one. Um, maybe it's heroes. I would probably have said, like, Gary Oroski back in the day. He was, like, an animal rights advocate. Um, because, okay. he, yeah, he was responsible for making me go vegan and then my outlook on the actual world changed drastically as well, how mm-hmm. I treat other humans as well. So I'd say Gary Oroski, okay. probably. Um, let's see. What's a what's a really good one? What's your favorite body part? <laughs> That's up for interpretation, what's is favorite it? Favorite body part? What do you mean? Body part? Islam on Islam on another human being or myself? No, yourself. On myself. Um, That's a good question. Um, I would probably say <laughs> your favorite. body I would probably say um, oh, just random the eyes. I know oh, it makes you think a little. I'll, I'll, I'll just what say the eyes. Body part? I would say the eyes. Another human. What? Yeah, probably someone's eyes. Someone's eyes. I mean, you can see through the, see their soul through their eyes. See hurt, see pain. See everything. (laughs) You can see everything through your eyes. Do you know what I mean? That's true. They say a lot of emotions. Um, Same more question I always ask. What wakes you up in the morning? What motivates you? Um, I mean, as much as I'd love to give a deep philosophical answer, I would probably just say responsibilities get me up in the morning. Um, Most of the times I don't really want to get up that much. Do you Mm. know what I mean? But I I definitely don't wake up and like... um, Are you excited to like... Go ahead of the day, or you like? Nah, I mean, like I know. I mean, as much as I would want to wake up and be like, "Oh yeah, I want to do my family proud," or like, "Oh, I want to go out and conquer the world." Like, often when I wake up in the morning, I'm just be like, "I've got to get some shit done," and then I'll find the motivation to do it after. Yeah, yeah. But um, 
yeah, responsibilities and commitments. Yeah. Uh, okay. And then it also depends on what day you ask me as well. Like if I've got like, if I wake up and my alarm goes off and I know I've got to do something today, like I've got to like do photography gig, then that will be my purpose of the day. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? That will get me up like, okay, today I'm going to kill today. But most days don't want to get out of bed. That's just the honest, honest truth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? I'm not here. No, I feel that because mm-hmm. even like the past two days, I just, just didn't want to, I've been going to sleep quite late. But at the same time, I just like the minute I get to bed, I'm just like I don't want to. I don't want to get out of bed. I yeah. just want to chill. Yeah, today. I think I think you can. The, the minute the minute the missus goes, oh, we need to clean up the house. I'm like, oh, uh, that's not what yeah. I want to hear. Let me sleep, man. Yeah. I, I guess uh, you might be able to find like deeper <laughs> answers like an hour after my alarm goes off. But when my alarm goes off, it's peak. Like just like all right, cool. I, I if I don't want to get fired, I best wake up type thing. Oh really? Um, and cool. then you know, obviously, some days you you feel a sense of self-achievement like you, you want to get up you're like okay cool i'm gonna go and work hard today i'm gonna to go and like i want to do better then mm-hmm. but i don't think immediately when you wake up yeah that anyone has those things to be honest, some people might do no, I, 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 I disagree I, I actually no I, I tell you yeah I, I i take that back like, some people generally wake up and be like today i'm really going smash that's their first thought <laughs> do you know what i mean yeah. for me i'm quite a primitive guy i'm like okay well i want to be yeah. I want to go and do well. <laughs> do you know I, mean? I want to go and take pictures. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, I'm quite a simple guy, but then maybe after an hour, I'd be like, oh, okay, yeah, cool. My motivations are different, you know. What do you but, fear most? Um, failure, probably. Um, failure. A sense of self-failure or not meeting my own expectations, yeah. probably. Like, I'm not even, not necessarily even other people's, expect, what people other expect of me, but um, Just yeah. expectations you set for yourself. Probably that and... Um, um, like stagnation, like just okay. not growing. Okay. Do you know what I mean? See, like, and, so you're and stuck on the same you let's plateau. Just, yeah. Let's pause on that because that's what I don't understand because my biggest fear is failure. My biggest fear is stagnation. Mm. Hence why every morning I wake up and I always feel motivated because I know if I get, if I don't do what I need to today, yeah. I've wasted a day mm. and I've wasted that stagnation. Yeah, so that yeah. really, that's what gets me up in the morning. I'm like, yeah, cool. 6am let's hit that gym is that your first thought brother when that alarm that butter's alarm goes off you know that sound we all hate our alarms the way they sound (laughs) but I think that's the beauty of it you you you, you you have to get up because you hate it so much and you want to be like I want to succeed today like 100% no you don't I promise you 100% I hate I hate the iPhone alarm that I've had to change butters and I've had to change it to something a bit more pleasant to actually wake up to so I can hear and go it's not actually going to be a bad day I hear that because the missus all you man don't change your alarms they all sound the same yeah, so just yeah, yeah of horrible. course the minute I hear I just, I just get angry it's resentment I, so you I wake up and you're like turn angry. that shit off <laughs> yeah. and it's off and then it's done yeah. uh, okay. even right now even put an alarm right now and the yeah. ring ding 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 I'm like oh. Someone take that off. Nah, but uh, nah, your first thought is, oh, I want to do, I want to f- succeed in life. 100%. I right, today I'm going to succeed. Nah, brother, you're like, turn that shit off. Turn that shit off, man. I scrub it before you just dash across yeah, the room. Yeah, you get up and you're like, then you, obviously you're going to be in that state where you're like, all right, I'm hungry. I just want to eat, but nah, you're not thinking that, Rob. You're as lying. soon as I wake up, is I always say, let's get it. <laughs> no, you don't. Call get, Amy from upstairs right now and just say, Allah, let's get it. <laughs> for me I, I guess it would probably be regret mm. Re- regretting things that I should have I know I, I should have done but I didn't do okay I feel like I've regretted so much in life it's like me too oh, a, God. a CBA to even think about regression God. Yeah, regret I look at things back in the day and I'm like oh, I, yeah, I regret I, I, I don't, I regret I don't ever want to get that point of regret 
Yeah. I regret. I should. I should have done this. I should have done that. But I didn't do yeah. it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But that's. Man, damn, eating ass, man. Eat ass. Don't, re- don't regret not doing it because honestly, like eating ass is transformative. <laughs> Amen. Do you know what I mean? Real <laughs> Some man is still not on that. It's, it's childish, to be honest. And the lesson is, gents, if you don't eat us, bring your girl here. It really <laughs> are us. <laughs> and the outlook has changed. Don't go, you know, your whole life and say, I didn't indulge. You know? <laughs> don't do that. Don't make that mistake. Any more questions? <laughs> no, I think we can just leave it on um, that. Summer, okay. winter. Oh, come on, man. It's summer, isn't it? Summer. Obviously. Yeah. But like I said to you in the car, I'm, I, I curse this world because yeah, he, when, it, when it was that 40 degrees, yeah. you know, that dirty heat, bro. I bro, said, I, I can't wait. It. I said, I can't wait for winter. And I think it was that was spun a curse on the UK. <laughs> and that's why we're, we're impacting it now. But it's definitely, you know, I like winter. It's nice. It's got its vibe. It's got its nice homely vibe. And I think you said it on um, with Anis as well. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. in winter, you're not, you don't feel deterred from staying in. 100%. Do you know what I mean? Like, wait in the summer, you feel like you, you, you have, have to go to and utilise the sun. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you, if you stay in in the summer, you just look at yourself in the mirror, you're like, <laughs> do better, king. Do better. <laughs> go out, at least get sunbathe or something. Yeah, yeah. the sun is shining, you know people I mean? are walking, oh my legs God. are showing. That's like, question get your out. social. You know what I mean? Like, why am I not social? Yeah. yeah. You know I mean? You're like, that man out there killing it. I'm here just like in this beautiful weather. That's never. You feel like it's never going to return again. Yeah. But when you can do that calmly, like, yeah. I'm guilt free Especially when it's dark as well Yeah it's calm But um Wake up dark go just Come out of work It's dark just say, Yeah let me just go back home Let me just yeah. chill Yeah Summer Wake up light Finish work Still light I need to do something Otherwise I feel like I'm wasting my day Yeah So you, you're motivated to do shit That mm. you, you need to do anyway But yeah It's <sighs> It's always gonna be summer man Who the mm. fuck is gonna say winner some Aryan I coming think, in as here. As you said, I think we like winter for the fashion, but really and truly, summer is somewhere. Bro, bro, I, we, remember, I Big did, I, I did, I summer, did the man. poll. Big I did the poll. If, if you could live, if you could pick a season to live with for the rest of your life, no one chose winter. Yeah, no, no one, one would. Some Aryan most, brother most, who, from the like rural part summer. of Sweden, maybe. Yeah. You know, like from where's that place that never sees light? That place, what's it called again? Oh, um, somewhere near Iceland. Yeah, I forgot what it's flipping yeah. called. But uh, yeah, yeah no, maybe, maybe them man there. Because no one would vibe. Some places in Greenland, they definitely don't see light. Same, yeah, it's horrible. Which is insane. Or sometimes in uh, Iceland as well, it's like during the summertime, they don't see night. So oh. it's literally day. Oh, yeah, all yeah. The way Midsummer, innit? Yeah. Have you seen that film? Yeah. Good film. But like when even like 12, 12 a.m. In, at night, midnight. Yeah, it's horrible. The sun is still out. It's still setting, but it doesn't really set. Yeah, never it gets fully. low, then it comes back up again. He's you like, just sit there like, whoa. You fart. <laughs> it's like, you fart. Psych. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And lastly, um, are you a morning person or you're a night owl? Yeah, night owl, isn't it? Yeah, spud me in morning. So that, so, I, so again, it, it, your answers <laughs> you reflect. The night owls, yeah. Your answers reflect what you say because you wake up in the morning, you think, fuck this shit. Because yeah. you're not a morning person. Like, no, yeah. It's completely understandable. Yeah, no, I, I don't mind mornings. I, 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 I can wake up, but just like, no, no, I'm trying to do the mornings thing, bro. Trust me. Do you know what I mean? Uh, conquer at night. That's where the magic happens, man. Tr- bro, that's where, the, that's where the magic happens. That's where mm. everything but magic happens. Mm, nah. Some sexy say, stuff happens. At night time, at night time, you're there just watching YouTube. Your dick gets hard. <laughs> <laughs> For no reason whatsoever. <laughs> morning two though. Morning two, definitely. No. Morning you're more like, Obviously no, I like gotta that. get shit done. Yeah, 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 okay. Yeah, Night time, yeah. you know, like, 
There ain't not much to do, you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I might as well go to this like, website quickly. You know I mean? This is where a lot of men incriminate themselves in it. 100%. And when they get the, yeah, do you know what I mean? Like, 100%. Oh, every, my get an early night. That's my tip to, to, to man them who get hard dicks at night. You know, I'd say get an early night, bro. Are you um, tired? Honestly. <laughs> and you think, actually, there might be local women in my area. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta meet this local girl. It's like... These, these local girls in your area, what do you mean with these local girls? I've never I'm, seen yeah, them in my I'm, life. I might text a few people, you up? Big you man up? Z, hey, what are you up to? You still up? <laughs> Who's up? <laughs> what are you up to? That you by the website is looking yeah, at you yeah, like, yeah. Mm, you The thing what? is, remember, back in the day, even in Snapchat, you, you, you used to check like, who's up? It's like, mm. why'd you text who's up? Go mm. to bed, for goodness sake. No, why you why know, are you asking who's up? You know, I look at it, I just get annoyed. I just just shut up, man. Just stop saying who's up. Yeah, It's like, you're looking for attention at night time. Just go to bed, mate. You know exactly what they're looking for, man. 100%. Yeah. We know. We've all been there, man. We've all been there, young <laughs> king. It's all right. First person you respond to this is getting their ass eaten, fam. You know what I mean? Like, just... 21 days without having to work. Oh, oh guys, what it is. Today's a day. Listen. He's going to be a bit more aggressive today. Yeah, anyway, don't even dare respond with an emoji because it's... <laughs> My face will be in them cheeks, boy. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, it's pointless. But yeah, let's call it a day, please, oh, guys. Oh, my um, days. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. Obviously, a longer <laughs> episode because obviously we do have a special guest. And you uh, know, I ran it a bit incoherently there. No, I no, 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 no. People like this, so it's cool. Um, if you're still listening to this very moment in time, you are the true MVP, <laughs> and we do appreciate you. Um, Chuka will definitely be back for more episodes because yeah. um, there's still a lot more questions. Nice. And I, we haven't actually gone into anything and his opinion is absolutely hilarious and I think you guys would love it. Um, so yeah, thank you very much for listening. I've been your boy Rob. And I've been your boy Colly Coles. Pleasure being here, Chuka Crib. Thank you very much, Chukes. Go vegan. And everybody go vegan, 100%. Love. And we will I catch up endorse with that. everybody. Andrew Tate is too. back on Twitter, go so vegan. I'm going to say it again, guys. Have a good Shut week, unless, uh, unless you're an Andrew Tate listener. Right. Um, but we'll Donald Trump is back on Twitter as well. But we'll get into guy, that. Jordan we'll Peterson is back on Twitter as well. Everyone's back on Twitter. Collins is smiling. Oh my God. Collins is smiling. Let's call it a day. Let's call it a day. Have a good day, good week, all of that good stuff. Bye, bye, bye. Mystic, bye bye bye. But as I always say, before I go, I've got a little announcement to make. So, if you do follow me on Instagram, you will know that I am dropping a new single this Friday, November 25th, called Hard Liquor. So, I will preview the beat in the outro so you can get a feel of what it's going to be like. I'm really proud of this song. I just feel like it really hits the soul. The vocal delivery is a bit different from before. So, yeah, everyone just tune in on Friday. I'd really appreciate it. Shoot me a message or whatever if you know me personally. Or even if you don't, and let me know what you think of the song. But have a good day, have a good week, have a good month, have a good year. Be mystic. Bye bye bye.